Oh, Jeffrey's going to be on? <laughs> I'll be there. This is Kruby's request number nine. We're going to be talking about Cabin in the Woods. We're the horror movie crew. I'm Josh. Hey, y'all. Seth here. It's Jess. Ooh. Wow, that was very sexy. (laughs) We're joined by uh, the Kruby himself, Chuck from Chuck Goes to the Movies. He picked this movie. That's why we're talking about it. Chuck, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, well, you say that now, but we haven't gotten started, so it's... Uh, yeah, you might change your mind by the end of this. We've had people drop off mid-episode, and we just had to, to trash the whole episode. <laughs> well, then they just can't hang, and then they're not worth having, so... That's the way I True. feel about it, honestly. Mm-hmm. But, it's well, going to hey, take a lot to scare me away. You'll, you'll be fine. I think you're going to do just fine, and the more, uh, the more that we drink, the more fun uh, I have. These two usually... Uh, their fun goes down the more I drink, so we're going <laughs> to... That's a true statement, actually. <laughs> We're going to see where it goes. But hey, this is your movie, Cabin Cabin in the Woods. Actually, it's The Cabin in the Woods. If you try to find this on IMDb and you just type in Cabin in the Woods, you're not going to find it. <laughs> Real pain in the ass. Never really thought of it that way. I've always just called it Cabin in the Woods. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, don't go to IMDb. But hey, before we jump into the movie, do you want to do a shameless plug for your podcast? Tell everybody uh, you know, what it's about, what you do, and where to find you at? Always wanted to talk about my podcast. Well, like you mentioned, it is called Chuck Goes to the Movies, and we talk about different films or filmmakers that impact our lives or influence our love for movies. So we just span all different genres. Uh, we've done everything from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to Cloverfield to Ocean's Eleven. Uh, we have dived into a little bit of horror uh, as well. So it's just me and my friends or family just coming together and talking about how these movies you know, sit with us and how they have shaped who we are as moviegoers and even who we are as people. And I really, that's my favorite part of the whole conversation is not just the movie itself, but how we can apply that movie to our lives. And you can find me basically anywhere. I'm all over Instagram and on Facebook and you can find the podcast itself anywhere you get your podcast from Apple, uh, Spotify, um, I just forgot all the different platforms I'm on, but yeah, I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> if you can't find me, let me know. I will make sure I get there. That's why I always kick that part over to Jess because I can't ever remember any place that we're at. And I think I didn't I call Google uh, podcast something stupid one time, and you made fun of me. Yeah, probably. It happens. What are you going to do? <laughs> so, how long have you been podcasting? I have been doing this uh, since February. The exact date is February 7th is when I released my first podcast episode of this year. And that was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I've still less than a year in. Same with, I suppose, our first one, March, May. May, May, I think. We've we've been talking about it since last summer. 
and then finally we did it you know you know right in the middle of the pandemic why wouldn't you start a podcast right exactly it seems like everybody else did mm-hmm. <laughs> um i seemed to come in right before it. i had no idea the pandemic was coming yeah we did it after the pandemic started so i don't maybe that speaks to our intelligence but um <laughs> you know what are you gonna do so how many episodes do you have out right now I am currently 36 episodes uh, in. I just released number 36 yesterday, actually. Uh, and that was the uh, Cloverfield Paradox. I listened to that while I was uh, running today. Hope you liked it. I liked your episode more than I liked the movie. Uh, I don't know if, how much of our stuff you've listened to, but I am not the sci-fi guy. That's probably Jess more than me, definitely. Yeah. 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 But I thought that movie was pure garbage. But your podcast on the movie was was good. I actually, like I said, I enjoyed your podcast more than the actual movie. So, well, thank you. Your your guest was very entertaining as well. Because um, <laughs> she was like, she's not here. You don't have to sit there and suck up to her. No, I wouldn't. Um, that's <laughs> you know, I'd probably no, I would not do that. But I will tell you that everything she nerded out about about the movie about all of the science is exactly why I hate sci-fi movies. So I, I actually respected it. So. <laughs> Okay, I always ask this question. Why well, we only had one other person on, but I asked them this question. So I'm going to say I always ask this question. If somebody were just starting to listen to your podcast, what episode would you suggest they go listen to um, first? As simple and cliche as it's going to sound, I always recommend starting with number one. That um, that one always holds a special place in my heart because that's the one that I honestly have put the most planning into and took me the longest to record. Uh, I feel so bad for my brother. He was my guest on that one. Um, he had to put up with me stopping, starting, stopping, starting, making us start over, all that fun stuff. <laughs> and uh, But I, I fell in love with the final product. So uh, I highly recommend starting with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, our first episode that we ever did. Beautiful. Man, you are a confident man. I don't know if I would tell people to go listen to our first episode. No, 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 definitely not. Well, I, I like that because I really feel like you can uh, hear the progression of how um, the show has grown and evolved. Um, and you you can hear how shaky I am, how nervous I absolutely was. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fast talker in any general situation. Make me nervous. I talk even more fast. And I'm just like, oh, and you can definitely kind of feel that throughout the episode. Uh, but I still feel like it's a lot of fun. I bet we sounded nervous on the first one. Oh, I'm sure. I think I made fun of you quite frequently on the first one. Actually, I listened to the first one the other day. and I, I haven't did. listened to it since it came out. Because so. I kept saying how nervous you looked. Yeah, I probably yeah. was. I didn't know what the fuck we were doing. <laughs> I, I still don't know what the fuck we're doing. Uh, so, you know, we're that's exactly to... it. I birthed this whole idea in January of this year. Like I was literally sitting at work talking about movies with a buddy of mine, and he's like, you should do a podcast. I'm like, hell yeah, I should do a podcast. <laughs> and literally four weeks later, I had bought all the equipment, did everything like that, and I released my first episode. So I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. But it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, we have a good time. It's a, I mean, it, let's not get crazy. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on now. Let's not go nuts. All right, last question. What's your favorite movie genre? Because unlike us, we stick to horror. Um, you you do all of them, which I, I applaud you on that because that would be hard for me. But what is your favorite? Uh, this one was definitely a hard question for me. I, uh, I love all movies, but if I really had to pick one, sci-fi is going to be my favorite. So sorry, Josh. Sci-fi is uh, one of my favorite genres of movies, and, uh, and that can span across anything. You know, Star Wars, Star Trek, um, something as nerdy as Cloverfield Paradox and stuff like that. Well, hey, thanks for coming on. We're going to let you go. <laughs> 
Oh, see ya. <laughs> it was a joy, guys. Yeah. yeah. What, what's your favorite movie overall? One my movie. Favorite movie. My favorite movie overall is actually not in sci-fi. It's Ocean's Eleven. Hmm. That is my all-time favorite movie. That is a good movie. Seth, have you ever even seen Ocean's Eleven? Yes, more than <laughs> once. All right. Thank you. All right. And just because this is a horror movie podcast, I want to get back to the horror. What's your favorite horror movie? It's a tie. It's going to be between Event Horizon, which is sci-fi horror, mm-hmm. and then Scream. Scream is my all- probably my all-time favorite, so not a tie. Scream. Did you just throw that in there because I like Scream? Uh, no, I love me some Scream. I know. I listen to your Scream episodes. I think you and I actually text, not text, but whatever yeah. you do on Instagram about your Scream episodes. My my Scream episode, <laughs> definitely uh, uh, a lot of learning opportunities from that one, and I'm going to take that into uh, consideration the next time I try to talk about an entire franchise in one sitting. It's rough. I did it with a, the, a podcast on Elm Street, boys. We did uh, Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween, and Halloween uh, 1978. 78. 78, yeah. and I think it was like four hours long. Did you ever finish mm-hmm. it? No. <laughs> I don't <laughs> fucking listen to you for four hours. Bad enough. I I'm going to be honest. Here. I only made it two and a half hours through. I still yeah. have to finish it. It's fine, because after about three, I'm so incoherently drunk that I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God, Josh, you got to pull your, pull it together. So I found my threshold. Um, all right, well, perfect. Hey, thanks for, uh, again, thanks for being here. Uh, I like to dedicate kind of the beginning of this to you to let, let people get to know you. So hopefully uh, you get some more listeners after being on here, and hopefully we can steal some of your listeners. So that's, that you know, I'm not going to lie. That's the ultimate goal, right? Heck, y'all. And then I need to get y'all on because I know y'all love horror movies, but there's got to be another genre that y'all want to talk about, too. I mean, I'll talk horror movies, but if y'all want to come on and talk about a movie, y'all are welcome. Awesome. We'll let cool. you pick the movie. Awesome. Not him. He'll pick some stupid shit. I got plenty. Well, well hang on. If you fucking pick Beetlejuice. Have you done Beetlejuice yet? I have not done Beetlejuice. That has actually unclaimed. So that if y'all be. want to talk Beetlejuice, I will talk Beetlejuice. Yes. That could be your thing. That could be your thing. All right. Let's jump into Truth No Dare. This is our rapid fire questions round. Uh, which way did we go last time? You went first. Yes. Did I read to you? No, you read to me. Yeah, so but... I'll read to Jess. Jess, you'll read to Chuck. Okay. Chuck, do you have the questions? I have them right here. You'll read to Seth, and then Seth will read and turn to me at the end. Cool. So I'll start with Jess. Jess, <laughs> are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Favorite teenage TV show from your teenage years? Um, oh, from my teenage oh, shit. years. Mm-hmm. Okay, or oh, I totally misunderstood that. Okay, then I yeah. wrote it wrong. Just give me your answer. Rapid fire. I put Riverdale. Riverdale, because there's teenagers on it. Yeah, that makes sense. Just a teenage show. Favorite tea? Uh, what's your favorite TV topping? Favorite pizza topping? <laughs> <laughs> Pepperoni and mushroom. Oh, I love that. Mm. Christmas or Halloween? Halloween. Last thing you searched on Google? I was looking at mattresses. <laughs> Why? Do you need a new mattress? Yeah. Should done more than the other one. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just have a regular mattress, and I want to get like one of the memory foam. Didn't you just get that mattress? No. Oh, they're busting it out. The shit out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Pop the spring. (laughs) All right. Uh, Have you ever been, or are you addicted to anything? Coffee. Probably. Mm, Yeah. Coffee. Did you really nix this question? I can't ask this next question. We nixed it. Yeah. Name three animals to describe your sex life. You're not going to do it. That's fine. Whatever. Have you ever regretted a hookup? Oh, sure. What grade would you give yourself in bed? 
Uh, a, I guess. For first horror <laughs> movie you ever watched? Poltergeist. Favorite Christmas movie? National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's solid. That's solid. This old house <laughs> sure is looking good. <laughs> Get it. Uh, Favorite teenage TV show? Uh, well, now that I understand the question, Friends. Okay. Uh. That's a good one. Favorite pizza toppings? Pepperoni and mushrooms. Oh, shoot. Yeah? That's awesome. Christmas or Halloween? Uh, neither, but if I have to choose one, Halloween. Okay. Good choice. Last thing you searched on Google? How to make deviled eggs. Ooh. Oh. I don't think yeah, I've ever Somebody made requested them. it for Thanksgiving dinner and I've never made them. I don't even know how to make those. It's not terrible. It's those are just hard boiled eggs and purple shit. And purple shit? <laughs> what? What are those eggs that's in the, that's in the purple stuff? <laughs> What's purple on the deviled eggs? Or pink or something? What? The pimp. Oh, you're talking about like the paprika that they sprinkle on oh. it? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> purple? Mm hmm. Damn. I don't know what kind of deviled eggs you're having. <laughs> Um, last thing you, oh, that was the last thing. Have you ever been, or are you addicted to anything? I've been addicted to plenty of things, but coffee is my current one. Yes. Have you ever regretted a hookup? <laughs> uh, no. Would you, gr oh, what grade would you give yourself in bed? Solid B minus. B minus. Hey, that's still, that's a still a solid score. <laughs> First horror movie you watched. Uh, I believe it was Halloween, the original one. Favorite Christmas movie? White Christmas. Ooh, I don't know if I've ever actually watched that. I don't think oh, I've really? seen White Christmas. That's pretty it good. is on Netflix. Watch it, guys. Watch it. it and out. it's pickled deviled eggs that are purple. Oh, so I knew I wasn't okay. crazy. Okay. Why are they purple? I don't know. I never would have thought Because they're that. pickled. Ugh, sounds terrible. <laughs> By the way, I know we nixed the question, but the, here's my answer to the other question. Uh, a stallion, dogs, and an eagle. Ooh, oh, a stallion. How are you going to go stallion, <laughs> dog, eagle, and then give yourself a B minus? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I'm that crazy. doesn't quite add up. <laughs> mm -mm. Man. I feel like that's an A plus, plus extra credit. Yeah. Yeah. You're hurting people. Wow, y'all are nicer to me than I am. Wow. <laughs> Now, we didn't say that's what you were. We're just judging your rating based off of the animals you gave. And, I mean, I'm just saying, wouldn't we? Very true. So, uh, Chuck, you'll read to Seth. All right, Seth, you ready? Yep. All right, favorite favorite teenage TV show? Well, since I misunderstood the question, I picked Sabrina, the newer show. Still a good choice. Yeah. Uh, favorite pizza toppings? Uh, anything but banana peppers or pineapple. Huh. Christmas or Halloween? This is hard for me. I guess Halloween. All right. Last thing you searched on Google? Cabin in the Woods. Because <laughs> I had to keep referring to who the cast was. Uh, have you ever been or are you currently addicted to anything? I did smoke once upon a time. Ew. I know. Yuck. That, that was the one of the things I used to be addicted to. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time, but, you know. Name three animals to describe your sex life. <sighs> An anteater. <laughs> Let you figure out why. Uh, fucking no. That could be enough. Maybe I don't know. What the fuck? Why an anteater? <laughs> they suck. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Do you suck in bed or like? He's not wrong. They suck things. That could, <laughs> they suck out all the ants. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. That could be multiple things because they suck. They have like a long trunk. Yeah, that's true. They do. Shit. And they're um, compact. Yeah. Huh? And they're probably girthy. <laughs> Imagine they with are. their tongues. Damn, they got that oh, big tongue. Oh, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at one animal. I think that covers you it. You named one animal that covered all three. I'm actually very impressed. Uh, you don't that do is, that for me often. Awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, have you ever regretted a hookup? Yes. <laughs> what grade would you give yourself in bed? Uh, a B plus. Mm. Ah. I'm a bit rusty, so <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, first, <laughs> first horror movie you ever watched? Uh, the first one I remember watching is probably Gremlins. Ooh. And uh, favorite Christmas movie? Home Alone. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Home Alone. I like Home Alone. Fucking Son ant of a eater, bitch. dude. That's great. <laughs> Are you ready? Born ready. Favorite teenage TV show? Dawson's Creek. Of course. Favorite pizza toppings? Mushrooms and pepperonis. Christmas Look or that? Yeah. <laughs> Christmas ha- or Halloween? Halloween. Last thing you searched on Google. How to run power to an outdoor camera. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Have you ever been or are you addicted to anything? Yes. Caffeine since forever. <laughs> Three animals <laughs> to describe your sex life. Well, since I was told we weren't doing this, I was ill-prepared. But I'm going to go with... um, Snail. Snail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go... um. German Shepherd. Hmm. Rabbit. Very specific. Rabbit. So you're quick, okay. No, like the fuck fast. Oh, yeah, you're quick. Yeah. Well, that could be misconstrued. <laughs> it's over fast. That could also mean you have, like, really amazing sperm and you can reproduce very easily. Oh, that's yeah. true. What's an animal that has a lot of stamina? <laughs> <laughs> like a cheetah? Probably. Yeah. Do they have a lot of cheetah? Like a lion they... or something. Ooh, a lion. Hmm. So German. Well, you Shepherd. got a big old mane down there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Found your next sponsor, Manscaped. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck all you guys. I'm done with that question. <laughs> okay. Next. Have you ever regretted a hookup? Of course not. I don't regret anything I do, Seth. What grade would you give yourself in bed? Solid A. First horror movie you watched? Seven. Favorite Christmas movie? The Grinch. Which one? Jim Carrey. Nice. Not that new one. That new one is a tra- a tragedy. Yeah. A travesty? Right. How do you say that? Travesty. Travesty. Yeah, yeah you got that. Travesty. Let's edit that out so I sound smart. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> it's a that new one's a travesty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. Can they write it? <laughs> Uh, shoot. All right. That's truth. No dare. Uh, let's do, let's just hop right into the do you like scary movie discussion. So the movie is Cabin in the Woods. Chuck, you picked this movie. Why did you pick this movie? I love this movie. Um, it's just got a lot of great humor. I love a movie that can laugh at itself and laugh at the genre that it, uh, exists in, which I feel this movie does a really great job doing, but still delivers on that genre well as well there are plenty of areas in it that kind of gets you to jump gets you a little creeped out even gets you a little bit of queasy through the gore and stuff like that so i really feel like this is a very well-rounded movie it's a great explanation it's definitely a meta horror movie Mm -hmm. um so do you remember the first time you watched it 
Uh, actually, I do. I was uh, living out in San Diego with my wife. Uh, I had it was my like the last few months I was in the Navy. My brother had recommended that I watch this movie because he said it was absolutely fantastic. So I went and rented it, and I I fell in love with it immediately. Jess, do you remember the first time you watched this movie? Uh, it was like right around when it first came out. I didn't see it in theaters, but I think I just watched it at home. And honestly, I did not remember a lot of it hmm. when I watched it. So it was so like it was, a rewatch for you. Yeah. Beautiful. So this was a rewatch for you. So what would you think? Just, you know, one word. Describe it in one. I know you love it when I do this. Yeah. Describe it in one word. Huh? One word. Um, interesting. Hmm, interesting. Mm. Remember the first time you watched this movie? Was this your first viewing? No, I know I've seen it, but I really didn't remember much of it. Mm. Like I totally forgot Sigourn was in it. The Gorn? Yeah. Sigourn, yeah. yeah. I was excited when she popped up in the end. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> it's Ripley. Is that, is that what you did? Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> pops up in the most random movies, and it's awesome. Yeah, because she was like talking over the PA. I'm like, is that Sigourney Weaver? <laughs> did you recognize her from one of those um, space documentaries that you like to watch on Disney Plus? I watch space documentaries doesn't on Disney she Plus. Like, uh, doesn't she direct, uh, do the voiceovers for that? I think she does, actually. Yeah, you're welcome. But now I, I only remember like <laughs> certain parts. I don't. Rem- I did not remember a lot of this movie. So describe it in one word. We're gonna con- we're gonna consider this a re- a, a first time rewatch for you. Uh, it was funny. Funny, actually, yeah. Okay, because you said when you got here, you, you didn't not think it was scary. No, there's a few jump scares, but it wasn't it wasn't really that scary. Is that you? <laughs> I don't think so. I didn't feel it. If it was Chuck, I think that was me. Sorry. Oh, that's fine, <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> I've been getting a head start on the beer drinking game since I got home from work. You're good. We were late per usual. I guess the, I think it's a podcasting thing because anytime I've been on somebody else's podcast or people have come on here, we are generally late. That's just the kind of people we are. But what's funny is we were both really early tonight. I know. And we still didn't start on time. Yeah, that was my fault. I had Zoom issues. I'm sorry. Um, I don't... I think I saw this in theaters. Um, I've seen it a bunch of times after, so I, I remembered the majority of it. Um, so not really a rewatch for me. If I had to describe it in one word, I would say entertaining, yeah. I guess. That works. Yeah. What about you, Chuck? I skipped you. Sorry. Oh, uh, describe this in one word? One word. Uh, oh, that's tough. Um, y'all chose some really great words. Um I would say that it is arousing. No, definitely not arousing. <laughs> I don't know. That wolf scene. Whoo. Um interesting. Mm. Did somebody say that? I felt like oh, we got inter- I... entertaining. You said interesting. I think I said interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to piggyback you... off of Jess here. It's interesting. <laughs> if you're going to piggyback anybody here, I would suggest it be her. <laughs> definitely, oh, my God. Definitely the smartest one out of the three of us, I'll tell you that. That's false. Not not false. All right, characters. We got Kristen Conley. She plays Dana. Do you guys recognize her from anything else? No. I, I recognize the face, but I just can't place it. I can't either. I didn't either. go look on IMDb. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't look it up, but I know she's from something else. All right, Chris Hemsworth. He played Kurt. You guys know him from anything else? Uh, yeah. No, okay. nothing at all. Yeah, I've n- never seen him. I before. hope he does more movies though. <laughs> That'd be good. That would definitely be good. Uh, Anna Hutchinson plays Jules. I haven't seen a lot of her, but I'd like to see more. And uh, Jesse Williams is uh, Holden. I didn't write down the guy that played Marty, but I don't recognize him from anything. Franz else. Cran. Fran Kranz. Is that his name? Yeah. Is he in anything else? Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah, he's been in all sorts of things, like little bit parts and stuff. Here, uh, I just watched Training Day the other day, and he has a very small role in that. Oh, interesting. Hey, why'd you leave yeah. Marty off of here? He's hilarious. He's my favorite. He's like the funniest one in the movie. I did the outline before I watched the movie again, <laughs> Seth. <laughs> Just calm down. If you I'm have saying, a complaint. I want to give some honorable mentions. Don't forget Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford as uh, the two control room mm-hmm. guys. That's true. They're great. That's true. They, they are the stars the of the movie. And the Gorn. Yeah, we already talked about Sigorn. Sigorn. <laughs> <laughs> I really like her in Holes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, she was in Holes. Yeah. about that. I actually just watched that not that long ago. That's a good movie. <laughs> Did you mistakenly watch it late one night? You I was like, like oh. oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> can you see drunk-ass Seth eating SpaghettiOs out of a can? He's like, ooh, Holes. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf in a movie called Holes? I'm going to watch it. I mean. This isn't my Pornhub account. <laughs> the hell is this? <laughs> oh, I get shoot. there. All right. Uh, the directors are Drew Goddard, and the writer was Joss Whedon. Synopsis, Chuck. If you want, do you want to do the synopsis? Usually, whoever picks the movie does the synopsis. So, if you would like to do it, it's yours to do. All right, I will read the synopsis. Are we ready? Four. Five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for, discovering the truth behind the cabin in the woods. God damn, that was good. That was awesome. We're gonna have to. It's way it better than when we read them. Now, now. (laughs) (laughs) And two episodes in a row, kids. I did time my drinking perfectly for when I need to crack this bad boy, Seth. (gasps) I almost forgot. Chuck, because you're on here, we have a guest, another guest for the episode. We brought back the beer bowl. The beer bowl. So excited. It's been gone for a long time. It was on sabbatical. I thought we lost it in the move, but I guess we didn't. I just didn't know where it was at. But in my defense, my wife moved shit around like ridiculously. Yeah, yeah I'm surprised the, the wife always. I'm surprised the cups were in the same spot today. See, it's it happens. All right, here we go. Oh, <laughs> damn, dude! I couldn't make that crack last any longer. <laughs> this thing's getting real mushy. Ugh. You want to squeeze it? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, beef log? No. Yeah, we slammed this on the table. I bought this for Seth as a moving <laughs> present. This thing it's is present. so gross, dude. I wanted to feel it. Yeah, she wants to that. squeeze my meat log. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Here you go. Nice and squishy. Ew. Don't break it now. That is really squishy. There's something wrong with it. We're going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to eat that some bitch come January. Uh, whenever it expires. That. I'm not eating it. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta eat it on the one year anniversary of moving into the new studio. Oh god. Ew, it might be nasty by then. <laughs> I'm just envisioning uh like somebody hooking up with you and you actually say like Thank you. Ew, it's squishy. There's something wrong with this. There's something wrong with this. I'm gonna piss myself. I'm getting old, you know. Alright, scene one, opening scene. Two men. This is Sitterson and Hadley. Could they have picked any more fucking hard names to remember? True that. Sitterson? Is that his, that's his name, right? Um, I think. Yes. Yes. Oh, halfway through Chuck, I was like, God damn it, Chuck. <laughs> Sitterson. All right, they're dressed up. They got shirts and ties on. They're in a break room. They're, uh, I think Sitterson's having an argument with the coffee machine there. But Hadley's complaining about his wife, baby-proofing the house. She hasn't even gotten pregnant yet, which I can attest to. A baby-proof house is fucking obnoxious. Yes, it is. Holy cow. We still got baby locks on the doors. Trying to get outside is like a, an act of God here. 
All right. They walk to the office where we see more people dressed up similar to them. A woman walks up and says that Stockholm went south and she looks very worried. They ask her what happened, but she's not sure. She tells them that it comes down to Japan and the U.S. Japan is number one. They always try harder. So this scene is pretty funny, and it really the opening scene is not, to, to me, what you would normally see in a horror movie, right? Right, you don't know what the mm-hmm. hell they're talking about either. So you're mm-hmm. like, okay. Mm-hmm. I just called them Steve and Gary. I didn't call them by whatever their last names. <laughs> I called them Steve and Gary Steve too. And Gary. Yep. Their names are Steve and Gary? That's what yeah. Amazon no. said. It's not. Oh, are they? That's what Amazon told me <laughs> yeah, when I paused this. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Maybe maybe that's their first names. Yeah, because uh, IMDb just gives them by their uh, last names, I guess. Oh. That would have been a lot fucking easier. That's yeah. why I was like Steven. so confused when you said that. Oh, I was like, like, uh, is that their last That's name? why I called them the control room guys. <laughs> Don't even oh. want to give them names. There you go. Uh, they tell her there hasn't been a glitch since 98. They know what they're doing. Calm down. He asks her if she's in the betting pool and she says that she just wants to make sure everything goes correctly. They drive off in a golf cart through what looks like a bunch of tunnels. Mm-hmm. Um, Hadley asks Citizen if he wants to come over Monday <laughs> as Citizen ignores him and tries to fix his coffee lid. We hear a scream in the cabin in the woods. Uh, logo comes over the still frame. It was actually a jump scare for me. <laughs> Motherfucker, you just said so there you were, were not no... Scared. I said there was a couple in here. <laughs> Hating, dude. But for some reason, and I didn't know Amazon had this, it must be for like blind people, but it was like describing everything. <laughs> it was like a hallway. <laughs> Two men are at yes. a coffee machine. I'm like, how do I turn this off? Oh, Did you I... watch the whole movie? No, I finally figured out how to turn it off, and it was like, they drive away in an electric golf cart. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I've heard that like, how before. do I turn this off? How does it get set to that? I don't know. Because that's happened a couple of times to me, and I'm like, what the fuck? It was weird. I yeah. think Amazon just changes your settings sometimes because that's happened to me randomly. And it's <laughs> it was like confusing because in the opening when it was showing like the gears, it was like <laughs> gears are moving. I'm like, what is this part of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that was an option. But. The, the kids yeah. will do that to our Roku box upstairs a lot. Really? And like when you move right, it'll be like, click right. Yeah. Click left. <laughs> like creepy. Uh, that's terrible. Okay, so this to me looked like a big research, like a government research facility. Is that yeah. the, the vibe you guys got from yep. it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. Scene two, the great journey. The scene opens to Dana packing her bags and dancing around in her underwear. She looks at a drawn picture of Ju- as Jules walks up and uh, says puke, a picture of Professor Fuckwad. They discuss Jules' new hair. And Jules rips the picture out of the book and pretends to throw it away. She tells her that it's not his fault. Jules says, what? What, for fucking his student or dumping her over the internet? So this must have been uh, a professor she was sleeping with, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We find out that Jules and her boyfriend, Kurt, are setting up Dana with their friend Holden for the, their weekend getaway trip. Just then, Kurt enters the room and throws a football at, at the girls. They move. It goes out the window. But thank God, Holden's standing down there below in the street. Mm-hmm. He catches it. Guy drives by. They have a little bit of an altercation there. Um, I don't like Chris Hemsworth as a jock. Either. He's not really very good in this, in that character, I don't think. Hmm. I absolutely agree. Uh, the whole jock thing just kind of, I felt like it was um, overdone. But then he had that one moment, and it's about to come up right here, where he's talking to Dana about the... Um, the book she's reading and stuff like that. And he just, he's super smart. He knows exactly what the professor wants and stuff like that. He makes recommendations for what she should be reading. And then that Chris Hemsworth, for some reason is a little bit more believable than the alpha jock thing he's doing. Yeah. The rest of the movie. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Agreed. And why I don't like him as the jock is because they make a comment. Um, Cause again, he has this part, right? Where you just described it perfectly. He it suggests the book to her. 
But then um, they talk about how uh, basically they were able to somehow change their personalities in this house once they get there. Mm -hmm. But even before they get there, he's kind of the jock because he brings the football in and throws it. Right. 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 So I was like, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense because he was kind of a jock before he got to the cabin. But I guess it does amp up once he gets there. So yeah, it gets a lot worse. Okay. Yeah. So Kurt and Jules joke about Dana bringing lecture books on her trip. Uh, Kurt gives her a tip again, like Chuck just said, about how to impress the the professor. So um, they start carrying all their shit down to this really sweet motorhome. I think we need a horror movie crew motorhome, honestly. Yes. But like, what college kids have a freaking motorhome that they just <laughs> load up and go somewhere? That would be fucking awesome because then yeah. you could just load up and go somewhere. It could be you know filled with alcohol. It could be a good time. I wish we would have done that. Well, I'll tell you what, if it's an, if it's an HMC motorhome, that bitch is going to be filled to the brim. There may not be even clothes in there, just alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be a bar in All there All Miller sure. Lite? All Miller Lite, baby, right here. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I think one of them does make a comment about it being Kurt's dad's uh, motorhome. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, I must have missed that. Okay, so suddenly an old car drives up and Dana says, oh, no. We see Marty smoking pot out of a rig <laughs> up coffee cup bong. Jules and I Kurt. love that. Like, Dude, what is this thing? He's my favorite, like right off the bat. Yeah. I can. I bet you're. You'd be. You'd be boys with Marty. Oh, probably for sure. Yeah. So Jules and Jules and Kurt run up to the car and ask him what the fuck he's doing. He says the people in town drive in a very counterintuitive manner. Kurt asks if he wants to spend the weekend in jail. They all want to spend the weekend, or do they all want to spend the weekend at his cousin's? country home marty jokes about the cops not pulling him over kurt tells him he's not allowed to bring this giant ass bong into his camper marty unscrews the bottom cup he like basically squishes it down back into a regular coffee mug and then the uh part where the pot goes into the bong flips up and it's ba- it looks like a mug yeah, it's telescoping Ooh, yeah i like that uh marty walks into the rv saying dana you fetching minks do you have any food <laughs> did you notice when he locks the door of his car like the windows down <laughs> Does he, he like oh, reaches no. in and locks it with the windows down that just cracked oh, me up shit. he's hilarious that's hilarious yeah well that is funny but i guess that is actually a fully functioning coffee mug bong and it cost him five thousand dollars to make it really Jeez. yes i wouldn't lie to you I mean, it was like i don't know five feet long it was huge yeah. mm. Me and my dad won for Christmas. <laughs> okay, so this is our pri- this is our primary cast, right? And we've got mm. every horror movie trope you can think of. You got the inexperienced girl and Dana. You've got the jock Kurt. You've got I couldn't think of a better word. I want to say promiscuous, but she's kind of skanky. Yeah, right? the yeah. slut, the whore. <sighs> yeah, we don't slut shame on this show, Seth. The loose chick. How do you know oh she's God. loose? You don't know <laughs> she's floozy. Yeah, yeah, floozy. I like I that. Bet she knows all about queefs. Oh, I. <laughs> I bet she does. <laughs> oh Seth, how's God. it sound again? <laughs> oh, here we yep. go. Train, we can't go down that road the again. The train is coming off the rails. <laughs> then, You're welcome. Here, thank you. Then we've got the nerdy comic relief in Marty, and um, I don't. Where does Holden fit? He's I, he's. I said he's like the mysterious one, but. I feel like he's kind of out of place in the beginning anyway. Yeah, like I almost thought there was something up with him. Isn't like, he like, he the, like he's like the new kid, right? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, he's know. the new kid and but you can't label him as the token black guy either. So no. it's such yeah. a hard way What stereotype does he fall into? I had a hard time with this one. I'm not sure. Just the, maybe he is the uh what do they call like the outsider? What know. do they call Billy and Scream? He's the red, red or the dad, he's the red herring. 
yeah. Maybe this is our red herring. He's supposed to be the guy, like you said. Oh, he's mysterious. I didn't know about him. Maybe he's our red herring. Yeah. But of course, we find out in the end what character he fit in. Which was it? The what was it? The smart one. But what they call him? The scholar. The scholar. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Intriguing. All right. Scene three. Everybody ready? The group leaves in the RV. That was the title of the thing I wasn't actually asking, but that's okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the group leaves in the RV as the camera pans up to a man standing on top of the roof saying that the uh, the nest is empty and they're on time. So somebody's watching these people, which I right. you know, they added a little different element to it. Inside the RV, Marty tells the group, the society needs to crumble. We're just too chicken shit to crumble as he's rolling some joints and Holden makes him some drinks. He's making a <laughs> lot of joints. There's like 20 of them sitting there on the table. He's trying to be prepared. Uh, he doesn't know what's going to happen. We cut back to Citizen and Hadley using key cards to get into a control room. They give a new guy some shit about not being in the military and to be, or this not being the military and to be ready. This dude looks like he's like, I couldn't get a feel for this guy either. And I was mm-hmm. actually kind of disappointed later with the way he goes out. Cause I kind of thought he was like, had more to do, um, with the storyline, but he never does. This new no, security uh-huh. guard guy. Yeah. Okay. They all sit down inside of this like concrete room. And we cut back to the group of kids. They pull off what appears to be an abandoned gas station. Holden walks into the rundown shop looking for someone to pay for their gas. Inside, he finds an old like old animal skins. Mm. Very Basic- Texas Chainsaw 2003. Because I made a note like, why is it these gas stations always so dilapidated? <laughs> like they can't find a Sunoco somewhere. <laughs> That's the point in the whole thing, right? That's what they were going for. Um, I mean, are you supposed to find a Sunoco out in the middle of the woods? I guess. I mean, I wouldn't stop at this place. <laughs> and what kind of movie would it be if they did? True. Jeez. Stop so, at a Loves. Yeah. Loves. <laughs> yeah, there's like jars with animals in it and weird shit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah, it's it is very Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. 2003. It's the first thing I thought of. So I think he walks out backward. He bumps into the fucking rude ass guy that works there. No, oh, he's so gross. Oh, Mordecai. <laughs> Mordecai, what a name, though. So they ask him if he knows where Tillerman Road is. He immediately knows that they're looking for the old Buckman place. People are always trying to sell that plot of land, yada, yada. Jules asks him if he knew the original owners, and he says that he's been there since the war. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this poor girl. So she <laughs> asks him, what war? What war? <laughs> and he says very sternly, you know what damn, you know damn well what war. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but I thought this part was hilarious. Um, but you always have that scene in a horror movie where you got the creepy gas station and the even mm. creepier person that works there. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I found this interesting, though. So Marty jokingly asked if it was the war where some people wore blue and some people wore gray. <laughs> The guy asks him if he's being a smartass. Marty tells him that he was rude to his friend, which, I mean, Marty came to her defense, which I you, you got these two jock guys, right? And yeah. Marty's the one that comes to her defense. thought that was interesting. Um, the gas station guy spits out some uh, chew and Blech. says, that whore. <laughs> oh, my God. The score <laughs> that kicks That is so disgusting. Yeah, well, it's yeah. all nasty. So he spits. He says, oh, that whore. The score kicks in, and Marty tells him that they're just looking to get to the cabin. The man tells him they should be more concerned with getting back, which none of them catch. Uh, Kurt throws money at him, and Marty tells him good luck with his business. As they drive off, we see the man staring at them grimly. Back inside the RV, driving through the mountains, um, it really shows how secluded this cabin is. I mean, they're driving through like one lane roads and mm-hmm. it's very, there's trees everywhere. They're going through the mountains. Um, then they drive through that one part of the mountainside where one, only one car can fit. I don't even know how the RV fit through there, honestly. And it curves around. And then as they go through it, we see this grid like 
it, the best thing I can compare it to is maybe the Truman Show. That's the only thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, a bird flies into it. Is yeah. that why it went yeah. off? You okay. Like a, I don't know. It's a hawk or whatever, but it slams into it. So yeah. I actually had a question about this part. So what if that bird flew into the this force field or wherever the hell you want to call it when the when the kids in the camper could have seen it? So, I mean, that could have just ruined the whole story right there. That's mm. true. I mean, I get the purpose of why they did that, why the filmmakers decided to mm-hmm. fly a bird in there because they wanted you to see that something was there. But I'm just like, what if what if that had happened during a part where the kids were looking? So yeah. that See, part always just sticks with me. I don't know why. I didn't even catch it. The bird flew into it. I thought it was because it was when they were in the um, tunnel. So I thought it was they went through it and then they mm-hmm. turned it on. Now bird flew. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, right into but it. But way to ruin the whole movie for me, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, scene four, the cabin in the woods. They arrive at the cabin. We see the cabin is actually very small, and there are leaves everywhere as if it's fall. Am I wrong, or is, or is this not summer? Uh, Did they ever say? I don't think they've ever established what season okay. it was. No, they don't ever say. Maybe he just said it was their summer home. Maybe he didn't even say that. I don't know. I just, they were just going on a trip or something like that. Okay, yeah. I just guess I just assumed it was summer because they were swimming in the lake and stuff. But this cabin has a very yeah, true. evil dead look to it, I thought. That's the best it thing does. I can compare yes. it to. Yep. And it looks really small for when they get inside of it, how big it actually is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So Jules, she's uh, kind of establishes herself as kind of a, a wimp because she says, if there's one spider in here, I'm sleeping in the camper. Marty looks around, very suspicious, as Dana walks up the stairs and into the cabin. Inside the cabin, again, it looks a lot bigger than it does on the outside as Dana walks around investigating. Uh, The group, they all go to their rooms. As Holden looks around his room, he sees this creepy-ass picture. It looks like a bunch of cannibals, I thought. It looked like some kind of animal sacrifice or something. So they were killing goats, I think, right? Did you notice the creepy dude standing all the way in the back by the tree? Mm -hmm. In the painting? Yeah. 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 What was that? I don't, I don't know. know. I thought maybe like something it was going to tie into something, but mm. it didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I must have missed that. That's well. creepy. Yeah, he's just standing way in the back of the painting. Just like watching. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He pulls the creepy ass picture off the wall, and behind the picture is a see through window where he can see Dana. At first, he thought she could see him as well, but then she starts to undress, and he realizes that it's a one way mirror. Um, and on, again, on the other side, he can see her start to get undressed. And this is where he solidifies himself as a good guy. Right before we get the big reveal where she's taking her bra off, he yells, stop. <sighs> Holden. <laughs> he, shows the group the we- he shows the group the weird mirror uh, slash window. They joke about it being from the pioneer days. Holden and Jules agree to switch rooms since Kurt and Jules sold her to him for marriage. So apparently they've set up that she's definitely going to hook up with this guy. Is that what you guys got? Yeah. Okay. Um, they, again, they joke around, but she's like really weird. When she's like flirting with him, because I think she was trying to flirt. Yeah, but it was just really awkward. Yeah. Like you know, uh, some people just don't know how to flirt. Like nobody's it's got that grade A game like Seth. Over exactly. Here. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jules unpacks all of her shit, looks over at the mirror, and then we see that Holden is getting undressed in front of the mm-hmm. mirror. You like that, huh? I did like that part. <laughs> Do you think he did that on purpose? I feel like he probably did because obviously he knows she went in that other room. Right. I mean, like, I don't know. You he stands he, right in front of it and takes his shirt off. You think like, he wanted her to see what he had going on? Oh, he knew. Yeah. yeah. He okay. Knew. And he's All got right. a lot going on. So. Oh, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> do you need a Do you need a moment? 
No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I took care of it when I watched it. Oh, gross. oh my god. <laughs> Great. See? This movie's forever ruined for me. <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Scene five. The chemistry department keeps their end of the deal. The camera zooms out as we see a bunch of screens, and they're all over the cabin. Basically, there's cameras all over the cabin. Uh, Citizen and Hadley can see mm-hmm. the kids. They're watching the kids. It's real fucking creepy, honestly. Oh, Stephen Gary? Stephen Gary. As the camera pans out <laughs> all the way, we see we're back in the control room, and uh, Citizen and, and I called her the concerned woman. I didn't catch the chick's name. But she's Lynn. Lynn. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you really, really did your research. <laughs> So she tells him that uh, the blood from Jules came back high in something, but essentially it was because she had hair dye. So at this point, we find out that not only are they following these kids, they were able to get their blood, they're able to alter their personalities. Like, uh, this was creepy to me. Like, how yeah. long have they been following these kids, and why did they? We never find this out, but why did they pick these kids? And right? that was one of my main questions. I was going to save it for the end, but why did they pick them? Like, I don't think it says. I don't think it ever does. And also they made it seem like when they were taking bets that they couldn't control what they were doing, but it kind of seems like they could control what they were doing. Right. They could put like, they can nudge them in the right direction, but they can't force them to do anything. And I think he uses a great analogy there. He's like, we can blow open the uh, cellar door, but it's still their choice to go down in there. Gotcha. They can't force them to actually go down. So what if they never went down there? What would happen? Then we wouldn't have a movie. Yeah. yeah, and it would be they like would a, they would have a good weekend, fuck, and go home. You know, yeah, yeah. Because they say there's, there's a bunch of these things going on. Because, but again, all of them failed except for Japan and the U.S. Right, it was down to those two. So they have like all of these different um, places that they're trying to fill these. I think it was what five. There's five, six of them, five of them, mm-hmm. yeah, five slots. Five. of These people they had to fill, and everybody failed except for the U.S. and Japan. But I actually got a thought about that, and I thought this was a really interesting. Um, I guess uh, hats off to Japan. So they said, you know, Japan always wins. Japan wins every year. And I really feel like that's more saying Japan does really great horror movies. Nothing against what we do here in the States. But if you watch Japanese horror, they really kill it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they do a better job than we could ever possibly do. Even when we try to recreate it, we still seem to fail. So I really feel like that's what they were paying homage to was Japan is better at horror than we are. For sure. And this movie came out in like 2011, 2012, I think. Um, I don't remember when The Ring came out, but remember we had that reboot? I love The Ring. Where there was like The Ring, The Grudge, uh, Mm -hmm. the movie with Joshua Jackson, the camera movie. Uh, Oh, oh. uh, what was that called? Fuck. I want to say Shudder, but that doesn't sound right. I think it is Shudder. Is it Shudder? I think it is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we had that whole we had that whole um, era. Yeah. yeah, where that's all they did was remake mm-hmm. Japanese horror movies. Like you had success with The Ring, and then they just in Hollywood or whoever just piled it on. So now I think that's a good. That's uh, I didn't pick up on that, but you know I I agree with what you're saying. You're right. It is Shutter. Man, I know my oh, wow. shit. <laughs> Dawson's Creek, Joshua Jackson. That's it. How dare you? Well, I'm not fact checking. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry. Someone calls the control room. We see that it's uh, the creepy gas station dude, Mordecai. And this scene was actually pretty funny. So he's telling Hadley that the kids have passed through the gate. And then he starts ranting about a bunch. It's basically a bunch of gibberish about how they need to cleanse mm. the world. Just then the he asks. Harbinger. He's like, wait, am I on speakerphone? Am I on speakerphone? <laughs> and then he gets all pissed off. 
And he lies until he pretends to like take him off a speakerphone, but then he's really not. And then he starts on his rant again, and they just all start fucking laughing at him. I thought that was hilarious. That's definitely something I would do to Seth. Yep. Okay, so full honesty, I've actually done that to somebody at a previous job where <laughs> I told them I took them off speakerphone, but I left them on there so everybody in the room could hear what they were saying. And yeah, it it was a lot of hilarity. Probably not my greatest <laughs> ethical moment, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, was the guy an asshole? Oh, totally. Eh, oh, well, then it's fine. Then it's hilarious. I wanted yeah. everybody to hear what this person was saying. <laughs> totally justified. All right, scene six, the lake. Dane and Holden run down and jump into the lake from the dock. Kurt pushes Jules into the water as Marty smokes on the dock. The camera cuts back to the control room. We see that all of the kids are up on the screen as the uh, groups are taking bets. This is the bet scene mm. where they're all betting on. I thought they were betting on who was going to die, but obviously they're not. They're betting on which uh, group of monsters or whatever is going to come out. Yeah, I wasn't sure what they were betting on at this point. Yeah. So as their uh, people are giving Citizen Hadley money, we see the um, the new security guard. He's not enjoying this whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, he asks if management knows about this, and Hadley basically says that management doesn't give a shit about any of this as long as the kids do as they're told. Um, so the security guard says, well, the game's rigged then. And Hadley says, eh, not exactly. They make the choices on their own free will or the system doesn't work. He says they have to choose what happens in the cellar. They don't uh, They don't tra- transgress. If, if they don't transgress, they can't be punished. So I thought that was interesting because mm-hmm. they don't really elaborate on that anymore that they'll be punished. I mean, I know he says at the end right. that the virgin has to be – she doesn't have to die, but she has to be punished. But I thought that was an interesting uh, – theory and I'll, I'll talk about it more later when i get into the sequel slash prequel question i'll ask you guys but anyway back at the cabin jules turns on a loud boom box and the kids are all drinking and smoking while partying and uh, playing truth or dare marty dares dares jewel to make out with a moose head on the wall which is clearly a fucking wolf mm. not a moose <laughs> what a good scene maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie i don't know but she slowly walks over to the wolf head she saunters to the Ooh. wolf okay <laughs> She starts, this is your favorite scene? Mm, might be. I got a lot of questions. Well, you know, when, when we get to getting lit and talking shit, you can ask them all, my friend. She starts licking the wolf, licking its tongue. And like it was like supposed to be sexual, but it was so funny because like everybody's grossed out. Yeah, I was like waiting for the wolf to do something. She was teeth yes. licking. Yeah. She licked his teeth? She licked his teeth. Ew, oh, yeah. It was disgusting. Yeah. Aren't you a teeth licker? I'm not a teeth licker. I thought you were the one that were into teeth. Ugh. I thought you liked no, licking I teeth. No, I like teeth. I mean, I like teeth, but licking I don't teeth. like licking teeth. No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Let me lick your teeth. Man. Do you like that movie Darkness Falls? Is that your favorite? <laughs> I do like that movie, actually. <laughs> Is there Is teeth licking the, in there? Isn't no, the, no, it was just about the tooth fairy. about the tooth fairy, man. Oh. Isn't Damn it. Is with Donnie? Is he in that? No, that's Dead no. Silence. Okay, okay. Donnie's looking for oh, a boat. Dead Silence. Donnie's looking for a boat. Okay, the group is clearly grossed out. Even her boyfriend, Kurt, is grossed out by this. Um, but dang it, just like you said, the whole time I was waiting on this wolf to just like eat her head off. Yeah, I thought I was going to like bite her face off but or something. Fun fact, they actually, that tongue was clearly fake, but it was made out of silicone, and they actually put powdered sugar all over it to make it easier for it to, to deep throat Thank that God. tongue. So, yeah, you're welcome. When she's done, they all clap, and Jules tells Dana it's her turn. Kurt calls her out for being a puss and not picking Dare. As Dana <laughs> says Dare, the cellar door flies open and scares all of them. Did it get you? Uh, yeah, actually, it did. Mm-hmm. But it was funny because Kurt's Scared like, oh, the, the wind must have blew it open. Yeah. <laughs> and Marty's like, because that makes all kinds of sense. <laughs> uh, 
So at this point, Marty has actually made quite a bit of sense. Yeah. Um, and I was impressed that Jules picked. I know they kind of bullied her into it, but she does pick Dare. So, all right, the cellar. We see Dana walk down the stairs into the pitch black cellar. It's infested with fucking cobwebs. She walks around, and we see there are old dolls, creepy ass masks, a family picture of an old family sitting on the front porch. They're like not on the front porch, but they're in front of the cabin. Um, and then she shines a light on a picture of a young girl. Marty lights a lantern, which which basically lights the whole room up. Tells them it's uh, it's not awesome to be down here. Kurt says he doesn't think this stuff is his cousin's. Um, I would hope not, Kurt, because that's there's a lot of weird shit down there. Honestly, um, Jules is looking at an old dress. Kurt blows off. He like blows into some seashells, like a big ass seashell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marty dares everyone to go upstairs. <laughs> I wrote that down. Cause it's funny because he's like, "Let's go upstairs," and he's like, "I dare you all to go upstairs." Yeah. <laughs> like they should listen to him. But uh, Kurt has a music box going on. It's playing a, a weird fucking song by a little mm-hmm. girl, which we see later. And then there's like a circular bo- uh, like Hellraiser looking box, right? Yeah. So there's actually 60 different artifacts in this basement, according to uh, the fun facts of this movie. 60? 60. Oh. So wow. That, which correlates to each different monster. Hmm. So there could have been 60 different ones. Um, anyway, all the kids are looking around at different items as the music starts to pick up. And Dana starts to read from a diary. It talks about a girl whose father was very stern with her. The diary is um, Anna... Patience Buckner from 1903. The diary talks about the glory of pain. Her father cut her mother's stomach open and stuffed it with coals. He took the brother to the black room and she knows he's dead. (laughs) Cutting the flesh gives her father a husband's bulge. Wow. (laughs) The the girl says she's found the way to curve the family. Her arm is hacked up and E.T. What does that mean? Does anybody know? E.T.? I don't know. Because she says it real weird. No? Okay. She yeah. hopes this is readable, mm-hmm. but a believer will come and speak to our spirits. We will get restored, and the great pain will return. She starts to read some shit in Latin. Marty, apparently, um, the only smart one in this entire group, he screams, do not read the fucking Latin. It says, I draw the fucking line here. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. That's fine, but don't read the Latin. We all know that's not going to end well. Kurt tells Marty to stop being a fucking baby, and Dana tells them that it doesn't mean anything as she continues to read the Latin. Did you hear the whisper, though, or someone goes, read it? I loved that. Yeah. Marty was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> he was the only one that heard it, right? Yeah. 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 So as she's reading all this. Um, we see outside the cabin bodies start pulling themselves out of graves that are out in the woods, um, and it looked to me to be the exact family from those pictures. As they walk eerily through the woods, the camera cuts back to the control room and Citizen announces the winner is the Buckner as the room is filled with booze. Congratulations goes to the maintenance who shares the pot with Ronald the intern. (laughs) Oh boy. A woman complains to Citizen that she's picked zombies. She picked zombies too. We see a big ass whiteboard with dozens of possible choices. Um, I didn't catch all of them then. If you guys and Chuck, I'm sorry you don't have this, but on our outline, I actually have a list of all of them. Oh, is that um, what that is? Yeah. So, obviously, each of those items in the basement correlated to a specific uh, monster or a choice that could have been what these kids have to battle, right? Ooh, Sasquatch. I think <laughs> this is a very cool concept, um, and we'll talk about it more later, but I'm honestly surprised with all these possibilities there's never been a prequel to this obviously we know at the indie camp a sequel but that there's never been a prequel to this based off all these available monsters that we could have movies about so it kind of bums me out we'll get to that more later but there is a list uh chuck will read them to you when we get there 
Cool. The security guard tells the woman that these things are ni- are nightmares, and she tells him no, that these are something that nightmares are from. Everything in this uh, house is from the old world, according to you-know-who. She tells him that he'll get used to it, and he says, should we really get used to this? So, th- again, something seems off with this guy. It feels to me like he got that job knowing what they did there, and like almost like he was kind of there to stop it, I thought. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I don't know. I guess they, they could have done more with that character. In I mean, my he's opinion. definitely not into it. I don't. I didn't think he was going to stop it. I just figured he was, I don't know. Just not into yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder, like, so what do they talk about during the interview process? Do they go through the whole thing, say, hey, here's the whole breakdown. There's this thing. We're trying to keep it from destroying the earth, blah, 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 blah. We got to do this. We got to do that. You on board? Great. You start today. Do they do that? No. I don't think they do. I feel Otherwise, like they don't tell him anything. Down there. Right. I feel like they don't tell him anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, who would sign up for that? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, they... How much money is involved? I was getting ready to say, right. unless they pay really well, because, eh, you know. I mean, you are saving the planet, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the good of the many outweigh the good of the few. So, I mean. Says who? <laughs> Sorry. That was the sci-fi nerd in me, Star Trek. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Really? Another beer? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> As I just cracked mine open. <laughs> no, I'm just giving him shit. You feel better about yourself, Seth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. What can I say? Ooh, there was some mist on that one. Want to lick Ooh. the lid? Misty. Lick the lid. Lick the. No, she's a teeth nah. licker. We talked about that. Oh, yeah. yeah we don't want that. <laughs> she likes that plaque. Like, right. ew. <laughs> that's so oh, gross. that's grody. You're disgusting. Oh. I'm going to puke. You're like, disgusting. I'm holding vomit in. <laughs> like, have you ever seen that movie, Would You Rather? Uh, yes. It made yeah. my wife, my wife had to stop watching it. She went in the bathroom and puked when she was pregnant with our first daughter. Okay. So, I, I, I feel like that would be like a Would You Rather thing. Would you rather lick the plaque off of somebody's teeth or do this, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're <laughs> disgusting, Seth. <laughs> Where do you guys come up with this gross shit? <laughs> All right, we see Citizen Halley <laughs> discussing how they almost got to see a mermaid. They discuss the Buckners, who are zombified, pain-worshipping, backwoods idiots. There was a merman, right? Um, he said mermaid, but I think you get a merman later. And I feel like you just described my neighbors when I lived in Texas. It basically <laughs> described me, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they joke about calling the Japanese and telling them to call theirs off. They got this covered. As they walk away, we see on the screen uh, the Japanese horror ghost floating in a classroom full of kids. Uh, sitting on a desk, there's a little girl like covering her face as the other kids are trying to escape the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Japanese are kind of cheating. They're picking on little kids. Yeah. Right? That's why they always win. All right, scene eight, cabin dance party. Back at the cabin, Jules is dancing around in the cabin as Marty's watching and smoking. Dana and Holden sit on the couch looking shocked. Jules swerves with Marty and says <laughs> they were sweethearts in their freshman hall. Marty says he has a theory on all of this as Kurt takes Jules outside. Marty asks Dana if she thinks something weird is going on. He points out, which is a good point, that Jules is acting like a prima donna, so apparently maybe Jules wasn't skanky until they got there. Yeah, he called her a celebutard. Okay. Kurt is acting like a jock. He's on a full academic scholarship, mm. which, again, we did see earlier. Like Chuck said, he is smart. Mm-hmm. So it seems like these uh, people are being molded while they're there to fit these specific stereotypes. Or they're just traits that are being amplified. Yes. Like yeah. they have the traits, but they're just... Okay. That could be. And then Marty decides, hey, I'm going to go read a book of pictures because I am stoned <laughs> out of my mind. <laughs> 
It cracked me up when she was like dancing and everything. And the Kurt was just like, fuck yeah, babe. <laughs> Well, it's basically like a fucking striptease. Yeah. It's just a crack man. He's yeah. like rooting her on while she's like being all slutty in front of everybody. Because well, he's getting a husband's bulge from it. Of course yeah, he's excited. Husband's bulge. He was proud of his woman, Jess. <laughs> Everyone yeah. else is sitting there like, uh, okay. I think at one point, doesn't he say, don't act like you don't want to hit that? Yeah, he does. Okay. Well, you know what? Yeah, uh, it was just funny. A woman should be so proud to have a man that's that impressed with her. It's true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's true. I'm just, I'm over here, man. Josh would be Kurt in this movie. Do you think I'd be Kurt? You would be like, yeah, "Yeah, maybe show him them titties. (laughs) Take out them tits. Show him that labia. (laughs) Come on, just one. Just Just one titty. Just one titty. Don't show them both. Just show them the one. Show them the good one. (laughs) Oh, no. For Christ's sakes. (laughs) <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, okay. God. All right. Dana holds it on the couch, and are reading the fucking diary again. I don't know why they brought that thing up. They should have left it downstairs. Burned it. We see Kurt and Jules running through the woods, starting to mess around a little bit. We can see in the control room they're watching the kids, and they get upset that Kurt doesn't take Jules' shirt off. We see they can uh, control the atmosphere, so like they raise the temperature up because she says she's cold. And then they like engage these pheromone mists that come out mm-hmm. of the ground to get them real horned up. Because mm-hmm. then she says it's too dark and like the moonlight suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I need those here. Citizen and Hadley are watching the screen and they say, let's see some boobs. Show us the goods. The security guard is disgusted by all this. And he asks if it really matters if they see anything. And he's, they tell them that it does matter. They have to keep the customers happy. You do know what's at stake here. So again, this kind of goes back to what Seth was saying is I'm guessing... This guy doesn't know shit about what's going on. Mm-mm. Okay. We see on the screen that Jules does take her shirt off finally as they are messing around, and then Jules gets stabbed in the back, uh, or she gets stabbed in the hand by one yeah. of the Buckners. Kurt knocks the zombie backward to get um, gets back, or he, to get up, and he gets up, he gets stabbed, and uh, he pulls the knife out of his shoulder, which I was impressed. I, I would not do that. I would just leave it there because that would fucking hurt. All of a sudden, Jules is like has this fucking bear trap snapped on her back. Yeah, the bear trap on the chain. Oh, my God. And then he pulls her backward by her yeah. back. Never seen a weapon like that before. I'm not either. I actually like it. That's How different. did that work? Do you know what it was called? I just called it the bear trap. Yeah. Yeah, I call it the bear trap. I don't I don't know how it would work exactly. The The physics don't add up for me because on a bear trap, you have to step in the center of it to push yeah, the lever. Yeah, they close, but it like just stays open the whole time. I mean, I feel like it would rip her back, like, mm. or like gash it and stuff like that, but what is it clamping onto? Did it gash so far down that it's like clamped onto her spine? I don't, I don't know. know. We see later kind of what it does to Holden. It like, like mm. grabs his flesh, I guess. I don't know. It was like fucking, it made me cringe when it happened. It was disgusting. Yeah. Kurt's being held by another Buckner as Jules gets her head sawed off by a... Uh, um, it was, it was like, like a, two men saws oh, that they like saw logs mm-hmm. with. <laughs> it's a log sawer. Log sawer. After Jules is killed, we cut back to Citizen <laughs> looking gloom as he pray, uh, as he says a prayer for Jules and kisses his necklace. Did you guys catch what his necklace was? Like what was on that? It was that symbol or whatever that's like at the end that's like... Does it, is it like one of those, uh, what is that, a pentagram? Is that what that's called? Yeah. I don't think it was exactly that, but it was similar to that. Okay. 
when she dies, Hadley walks over. He pulls down a lever, and we see a bunch of gears start to turn, and a hammer breaks a glass, which we see blood start to pour down into a, a big symbol, mm-hmm. um, which we find out more about what those are later from Seth's buddy, Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Old Sigourney. Very exciting. <laughs> scene nine, more voices. The scene opens with Marty reading in his room and hearing another whisper voice as he sits straight up. He said, I swear to God, someone's fucking talking to me. Is it, poss- is it possible to be this high to where you think you hear voices? I don't, I've never been that high. I don't know. But. Jess? Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. It's possible. Okay. He hears the voice again and jumps out of his bed. He tells him he's not a puppet. He won't do a little puppet dance. He's the boss of his own brain, so give it up. And then says he's going to go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> so Dana and Holden are uh, making out in the living room as Marty walks by, and he tells her that Holden has a, ma- a husband's bulge, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Outside, Marty looks up and says he thought there would have been stars. They've been abandoned. As he's pissing, we can see behind him that one of the Buckners are approaching very slowly. All of a sudden, Kurt mm. runs out of the corner of the screen or bumps into him, tells him he, he, to hurry up, get back in the house. And he like clotheslines one of the Buckners. Kurt tells them all the kids why he's freaking out that Jules is gone. They have to get the hell out of here. Dana opens the front door. Stupid for, ass fucking Dana. Whatever reason. Where's Jules? <laughs> opens it, the damn door. And that dude was humongous that yeah, was on the huge. other side of that door. I called him the Michael Myers zombie. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's Ooh, a good one. Good one. <laughs> yeah. So the guys, uh, they all run up and close the door trying to get it latched. Kurt tells them that there are more than just the one. And Marty tells Dana that he has uh, he saw a young girl and she was missing an arm. If you remember earlier, the girl in the diary was missing an arm. Kurt gives a speech about going to uh, going room to room and boarding up all the windows and the doors. No matter what, we have to play it safe. We have to stick together. Did you talk about the head throw? Did I miss that? Oh, shit. Yeah, when he came in, he did throw the he head. He throws Jules' head to mm-hmm. Dana, and then she's like... Yeah. Missed it. You're correct. Uh, Seth, your attention to detail is just fucking... It's beautiful. As long as I watch it sober. <laughs> <laughs> So the camera cuts back to Hadley saying fuck and putting a face like his face in his palm. Sitterson tells him to calm down, watch the master work. He pushes a couple buttons on the uh, control board and we see this mist in the cabin go right into Kurt's face. All of a sudden, he completely changes his mind and says that they should definitely split up. They can cover way more ground. And then I guess Holden must have got some of the mist too because he like says he agrees with them. And Marty is like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we see Marty run to his room. He knocks over a lamp, and inside of the lamp, there's a camera that he picks up. He's like looking at the camera, and Citizen and Hadley freak the fuck out because they realize that uh, they he he found the camera. But, but then, remember, they made all the doors slam and lock too. Okay, good because yeah. I had a question on this because they they're unable to get out of their rooms later. I'm like, did they lock the fucking door? Yeah, right when they go in, all the doors slam shut and lock. Okay, they show. So Gary doesn't that or, go against their rules? I guess it would, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. they're well, controlling they're, it now. They're panicking. I think they are, because do they lock the doors after he finds the camera or before? It's before. Okay. Because they show one of them move a lever and all the doors shut. Okay. Yeah, I would call that cheating. That's what I wondered, like, that there were, like, a few things that happened, and I was like, I feel like they're controlling that. That's not even, like, they wouldn't have even had control over that. Lucky for them. Just like those silly Americans to cheat. What the hell? Motherfuckers. (laughs) Fucking cheating ass bitches. Like me playing Monopoly. Uh, Do not ever play Monopoly with this jackass. Oh my goodness. All right. All right. Challenge accepted. Let's do this. Anytime, man. I'm game. Anytime. I'll sit back and just watch. (laughs) 
It's fine. All right, so they see behind uh, Marty out the window. Uh, they said Judah Buckner. I don't really know which one that is, but Judah, Judah Buckner is on his way. Randy leans up against the window, which for as smart as this dude has been, that was about the dumbest thing he could have done. Oh, I knew something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he thinks he's on a reality TV show. Buckner grabs him through the window, pulls him outside. Marty hits Buckner. Uh, does he kick him or hit? He hits him with something. He opens up the bong cup. That's it. He's like, <laughs> like I, shoots open. I loved his thought process there though because yeah. he was like freaked out for a second, and then he was like, "Oh, my parents are gonna think I'm such a burnout." Yeah, that's right. He did say that. <laughs> uh, who cares if people are dying? Right. Um, so the, he hits the guy with the bong cup. It doesn't phase him whatsoever. Um, so he tries to run away and then, uh, Buckner throws a knife and it sticks in his back. Mm. Oh God, this is awful too. He drags Marty off into the woods by his legs and he pulls him into a grave and then we hear a stabbing noise, which we find out what that is later. But I thought it was Marty's and you could just hear this stabbing and I'm like, I wanted to vomit. It was awful. Yeah. Hadley hits another lever, and we see more blood fill the outline. Um, it's Again, it's some sort of symbol in the control room. We don't see exactly what it is until later. Back in the cabin, Buckner's sawing through Dana's uh, room, and Holden breaks the mirror between the two rooms to pull her through. Because, again, uh, this is where I have the note. I didn't see them lock the doors. So yeah. that makes more sense now that that's why he had to break that mirror and pull mm-hmm. her through. Um, Holden and Dana find a trap door that is in their room and it leads to the basement. Kurt tries to get into Holden's room, but he can't. And they tell him to meet in the basement again, probably one of the dumbest places you could go. But what do I know? Scene 10, the black room of pain in the basement. We see a bunch of chains and knives. Dana says they found the black room. This is where he killed them. This is where he kills us. I think that's what Holden says. Or does Dana say that? Dana says it. Dana. Yeah. Okay. Holden starts mm-hmm. looking for a door in the walls as he walks around the room. The bear trap. Oh, my God. So the bear trap comes back <laughs> down that fucking hole and snaps on his back. Mm-hmm. And then the Buckner dude pulls him up through the ceiling. And he's, like, hanging there. Yep. Like, could you imagine how fucking bad this would hurt? I called it the bear claw. That's Ooh, what I kept calling ew. it. Bear claw. Makes me think of a donut. Makes me hungry. <laughs> Oh, shit. Mm. That's not good. Let's take a break. (laughs) (laughs) So then, and this would fucking hurt, too, because Dana decides, oh, hey, the best thing we can do is to grab him and pull him down. She, like, like, jumps on him. Oh, my God. So he's got this fucking bear trap on his back, and then she grabs him by the legs and pulls him down. I'm like, oh, my. I'm just, like, waiting for this bear claw to rip his fucking back out. (laughs) (sighs) Sorry. (laughs) Um... So Buckner's like hanging down in the hole and she like stabs him in the eye. It doesn't kill him. So she grabs another knife and she just like Laurie Strode, um, Rob Zombie's Halloween mm-hmm. stabs this dude. It's just like going nuts. And the first thing she stabs him with, I think it's a crowbar. Ooh, is it? She picks it up off the ground. Yeah. Damn, dude. You are. Just... And then a knife. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Seth got excited. Hell. <laughs> mm. Did he hit his meat again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. His <laughs> meat. His mushy meat. Back at the control center, we see Sitterson push a button that sends an electric shock through the knife that Dana's holding, triggering her to drop it on the floor. Did you guys catch that? Yes, mm-hmm. and I thought that was weird because she like didn't react to it. She just dropped it and was like, "Oh, yeah." I was like, "That what wasn't the fuck? weird or anything." But honestly, that happens in all these horror movies. The person always drops the knife. Mm-hmm. Always. You got semi truck go by. Oh, I was like, "What was that?" Semi truck. Just then. <laughs> Just then, Kurt breaks through a doorway in the basement to find Holden and Dana. I guess Holden didn't see that door earlier. I'm not sure. But they all run through the doorway, which leads to another trap door to get outside. Kurt tells Dana that the zombies got Marty as they all run and get into the RV. Um, but then when they shut the door, you can see on the door there's like a muddy handprint. So it leads me to believe that there's somebody in the RV yeah. they don't know about. Mm-hmm. Shit. 
We quickly cut to another scene where the Japanese ghost is uh, screaming as the Japanese kids have like a hand circle around her and are singing. It looks like they're killing the ghost as they sing it into a bull and then a frog comes out. Mm -hmm. They advise (laughs) they have killed the evil. This part's funny because Gary goes up to the screen. He's like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. So back in the control room, we see Sitterson screaming again, fuck you at the screen with the little kids. The the, uh, Kim Lab woman comes on the screen and gives... Lynn, sorry, <laughs> gives Citizen some shit about Japan having a perfect record. Citizen tells her that if you want a good product, you gotta buy American. <laughs> Citizen asks Lynn, what's up with Marty's pot? He's supposed to be high, and he almost made them. She tells him that they sprayed the shit out of it. What do you think they sprayed it with? I don't know. I don't know. Pesticides? I just thought that was weird, but apparently his pot is making him, uh, you know, susceptible to whatever they got going on. But anyway, Hadley interrupts and tells him that the RV is heading toward the tunnel. Hadley freaks the fuck out and says that the tunnel should have blown hours ago. Uh, and then he like calls. Does he does he call down to like the control center or something? It was the uh, what's the room is that? Oh, I can't find it. it had yeah. a name. They, but when they cut off Lynn, she says, if the ancients rise and they cut her off. So then you mm-hmm. like know something's going on. Mm, yes. So Hadley tells Citizen that there was no cave in. The fucking tunnel's open. Uh, so they're t- like trying to scramble to blow this tunnel. Mm. Nothing's working. And then we see Citizen uh, run down a hallway. He's bumping into people. He gets to the room. They tell him that there's a glitch. The tunnel should have blown hours ago. Citizen like crawls underneath the table and just starts mashing wires together. Oh, demolition room. That's what it was. That's what it yeah. is. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, so as he's rubbing these wires together, we see that the RV is in the tunnel, but all of a sudden it does blow and the rocks start crumbling and, and Kurt's able to back it out. So um, Sitterson somehow was able to get the tunnel to blow. Good for you, sir. Good for you. Go Gary. He's a very talented man. Well, this makes Go me Gary. wonder why these fucking other people that work in that room didn't do that. All he did was rub some wires together. Yeah. Well, that's why he's one of the control men. He thinks on his feet. He knows... Ooh. If something's going wrong, he knows exactly what mm-hmm. he needs to do to fix it. He's not going to trust anybody else to do it. Fuck them, you know. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, whoa, Chuck. Wow. Chuck, calm down. Sorry, man. I'm on. I'm on a. I'm on a double IPA now. So the more I'm on it, me, I'm just like. <laughs> you know what, Jeffrey? The sailor comes Jeffrey. out of me. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna have to get our uh, shots going here, kids. Oh God. Shots. Last time we did shots on a podcast, we had couldn't even air the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Seth was so incoherent. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Let's make this one arable and then we can do shots another time. Yeah. Done. Done deal. We'll do shots on your show. <laughs> there yeah. we go. All right. So, let's tank my show. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? So Kurt's able to back the RV out of the tunnel as, as it's like collapsing down. So the kids look across uh, this. What would you call that? I, I called it a gully. I, don't I think called it a, a chasm. Ravine. Ooh, ravine. Ooh, a ravine. ravine. That's, yeah. that's the, the winner. Uh, Kurt gets the bright idea. He's going to ride his motorcycle and jump across the ravine. He tells him to stay in the RV until he gets back. <laughs> He's coming back with guns and cops. He's doing it for Jules. <laughs> Stupid. See, this is <laughs> acting here is so bad. I don't know if it's just the character, but like, I was like, God, this is terrible. <laughs> I, mean, I really feel like Chris Hemsworth kind of phoned this one in. He's yeah. just like, you know what? They, they threw a bunch of money at me. I'm just going to have fun with this. And it backfired yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just was not a likable character like i wasn't sad that he died i'm like oh no, it was kind of funny yeah <laughs> we need we need more chris hemsworth thor not crims Hem- hemsworth uh kurt God, right i'm already slurring right. my words oh, <laughs> it was funny watching good. him bounce down the chasm <laughs> <laughs> the chasm what the fuck is a chasm like a 
what he fell down it was and a chasm also, it was kurt with a c come on yeah that's already <laughs> he's already an idiot <laughs> oh my god dude here we go here we go what was the two names paul and gary and steve no 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 oh. the shitty name oh, paul it was, and you have an uncle named this larry lauren no it was like larry. i have an uncle yeah named it? whatever the other one Fuck, what was that name I don't remember. Right. I don't know. We'll add uh, Kurt with a C to that. All right. Anyway, he's gonna he's gonna give this great big speech. He drives uh, like um, Friday the Thirteenth style. Remember the cop mm. on the motorcycle where yes. he does does his big turn, <laughs> almost falls off. Does that fucking revs it up, hits the ramp, and boom, he hits the electrical grid, smashes fucking right into it. He keeps guy. bouncing off it all the way I down love, the, the chasm. That, that you can like see it. <laughs> all the way down. Uh, <laughs> flapping down the chasm like a curtain, you know? Oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start. Don't start. Oh, boy. All right, Holden runs back to the RV as Dana looks into space and says, Puppeteers, Marty was right the whole time. We see another lever being pulled and running blood goes down into another symbol. It's not, not doing well, these kids. There's two left. Scene 11, back to the cabin. Dan and Holden drive the RV back to the cabin. He tells us they're going to go right by the cabin. They're going to keep driving and find another road. Dana tells him it's impossible. They can't get out of here. Holden tells her not to go nuts on him now. No matter what happens, they have to stick together. She has to remain calm. Just then, a large sigh is stabbed through the back of the Holden's seat, right through his neck. This and, was a jump scare for me. And there's blood, uh, your favorite, blood all over Dana's mm. face. Everywhere. In her mouth, on her teeth. She screams top of her lungs. Honestly, I thought this was a pretty good scream. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. She's uh, obviously upset, but she's screaming very loudly as Holden falls down on the fucking steering wheel, of course, and drives the fucking RV right into some water. Not good. Not good at all. The RV's sinking down in the lake. It starts to fill up with water. This thing filled up pretty quickly, did it not? Yeah. Very quickly. Okay. Yeah, was there a window open or something? I don't know. This fucker filled up (laughs) fast. Um, And, of course, you know, she gets right out. As she's leaving, Buckner grabs her leg, but she's able to kick him off. He swims to the surface. We cut back to the control room, guys. Cracking beers. Security guard asks why they're celebrating. She's still alive. The ritual's not over. They tell him that the virgin's death is optional, and the only thing that matters is that she suffered, which she did. Hadley says it's so strange. He's actually rooting for her. And the rest of the team walk in immediately and they start singing tequila and snap. <laughs> and he snaps out of his sentimental moment. I got a question about this. Go for it. So at the beginning, they established that she had some sort of relationship with her professor and stuff like that. Do they know for a fact that she didn't sleep with the guy? I think she did sleep with the guy because later um, Sigourney Weaver, the director, says mm-hmm. something about uh, the virgin. And she goes, is yes. that supposed to be me? And she's like, well, we work with what we have. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. That that kind of that line kind of went over me for there for a little bit. But that makes perfect sense. So, yeah, she definitely was not as innocent as they wanted to believe. No, and there's one or two other spots where they where she makes a comment that makes you think she's not a virgin. Well, I think Jules says fucking your student or breaking up yeah. with her on the yeah. internet is what she says. Yeah. So, yeah. No, and Sigourney Weaver, the director, is what her title is, but she says that, you know, we work with what we have. Yeah. 
horrible we, director. Horrible director. <laughs> horrible. We see Dana pulling herself up onto the dock and out of the water, gasping for air. She lays on the dock. Uh, the bear trap Buckner walks up and throws his bear trap next to her. He misses her, and she starts to scream as he walks up, and he just starts choking the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. We pan out, and we see this that he's choking her on the screen, but the control people don't give a shit because they're dancing to the How, song. How, like, fucked up is this? <laughs> like, if this was really happening. That's what I have. My note says, this scene is so morbid. The team is partying because ritual supposedly over but in the background we see dana just getting brutally attacked by <laughs> like this on fucking... all these big screens it's not even like on a little one it's like everywhere well on top of it like they're treating citizen and hadley like they're rock stars yeah, yeah. like everybody in okay. there is like they're just desensitized they're, to it i guess the, they're okay with killing people they're telling little japanese school children to <laughs> fuck you you know fuck off and stuff like that i this is a very plausible scene that they're dancing around drinking margaritas thinking that the whole thing's over they, they could care less what's happening on the screen mm-hmm. i guess it's just even though they up. should care yeah i guess it's just fucked up that it's on like why wouldn't you just turn it off and like not watch it i don't know i think we also have to consider though they're looking at it like they just saved the world true that's true i guess so for them it's okay yeah these kids had they were somebody had to die to save the world right and they Mm -hmm. were the ones that accomplished their job to make that happen i think was i mean imagine if it were you that had to die aren't you glad it wasn't you um me any of any of us i'd be the virgin chuck (laughs) yeah (laughs) no (laughs) this was actually a question i had for later so let's get to this okay (laughs) Am I a virgin? Later. No, later, <laughs> later. Well, all right. Citizen starts joking with the tunnel uh, people who didn't blow the tunnel, and they tell him that it was not their fault. Seriously, it wasn't their fault. They had a power rerun from upstairs. He looks at them like very concerned and says, what do you mean from upstairs? As the phone starts to ring, Citizen and Hadley look at each other across the room nervously as Hadley tells them that the fucking, turn the fucking music off. Hadley answers the phone and says that everything was done per the guidelines and the virgin is the only one still alive. He says, what? Which one? We cut back to Dana and Buckner fighting as Buckner walks up behind Dana and she's like crawling on the dock to get away from him. He's swinging that fucking bear trap thing and all of a sudden Marty walks up from behind him and knocks him down. Did he like he had an axe, right? No, he had the bong cup. Oh, it's the bong cup yeah. again? <laughs> it was the yep. bong cup. Fuck. It was extended. Ooh, the extended bong cup. Yeah. A good multi-tool. Yeah. <laughs> Dana knocks Buckner into the water as they run off, but we do see him reemerge from the water as they run away. Mm-hmm. So Marty's not dead. Did any of you guys see this coming? No. I was stoked. I yes. forgot. No. Uh-uh. I was like, yes. Did you like jump up <laughs> out of your chair? I did, no, but oh. in my head, I was just very, I was very happy. <laughs> Yay, Marty! <laughs> she so was the, doing a little dance in her chair. I was. I mean, yeah. She did. I could see it. So the stabbing <laughs> noises we heard earlier was Marty stabbing the Buckner guy, not right. vice versa. Right. Okay. Sorry, I had a beer burp. <laughs> Marty, and, <laughs> Marty and Dana run and go into one of the graves just before the girl Buckner approaches. Inside the grave, we see Marty has found like a control panel that he's like messing with. He's disemboweled one of the Buckners that are laying on the ground. Dana tells Marty that everyone else is dead. I think he said, yeah, I figured. She tells him that, um, again, that everybody's dead. 
and that he doesn't know everything, but he did figure out some stuff. He pulls out the wires and opens the door <laughs> in the floor that leads right to an elevator. This part was funny, though, because Marty's like, oh, yeah, I killed the Buckner, and I'm, what have you been up He's to? He's like, yeah, what have, what have you been up to? <laughs> this is funny. So, <laughs> he tells us someone sent those fucks up to attack them, but he thinks they can get out of it by going through the elevator. Danny gets into the elevator, and Marty gets the thing moving down. As the elevator lowers, the sides are glass, and we can see at, that it's like lowering through some sort of tunnel and it starts to spin. Mm-hmm. Dana walks up to one uh, side where the glass is and it's like all dark, but as she's looking out, suddenly there's like this big ass fucking werewolf that mm-hmm. runs up and slams up against the glass. The elevator spins again and on the other side of the glass, um, there's like a ghost pushing on it. Yeah. Yeah. It spins again. Then we see a little girl. It's the ballerina in a ballerina outfit. It's the one from earlier that Kurt oh. had on the music mm-hmm. box and she yeah. turns around. She has no face, but her face is like like a mouth with a bunch of teeth. Oh, Jess yeah. wants to like this. It was gross. It was like several sets. Yeah, several oh, layers dude, of teeth. Gnarly. You ever seen Coneheads? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, like when you know Mr. Conehead opens his mouth at the dentist <laughs> and he's got like three different yeah. sets yeah, of yeah, teeth. Yeah. That's what it reminded yep. me of. Yeah. Or the Sarlacc pit from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Oh, you fucking people in your Star Wars. Star <laughs> Wars, Star <laughs> Wars. Like, you just oh, need to watch down. it. Accept it. You, wait, wait, wait. You've never seen Star Wars? Uh, I, okay, so here's the deal. He hates it. He does not like it. I don't hate it. I tried to watch it. He um, won't even watch Mandalorian. I was born in what? a weird... Oh, stop it. I was in, I'm was. i in a weird <laughs> age, man. I missed the first ones. And then when they did all the next ones, I was in a period where I wasn't going to watch them. So I tried to go back and watch them all again. And the first three are so fucking old and outdated that it's almost impossible to get through. So I never did. <sighs> we're All trying right, Josh, to get him. You and I need to talk <laughs> offline. Um, <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm disappointed in you. I'm not we're mad. We're trying to get him to at least, <laughs> at least watch Mandalorian. I think we can get him into that. Well, Timothy Oliphant's in the second season, you told me. Yes. That the is. Mandalorian is well done. John Favreau has brought back faith to the Star Wars universe. Yes. Okay. I'll, do, I'll tell you what. As, as a favor to all of you guys, I will try it out. Okay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Woohoo. Oh, shit. Intervention anyway. complete. <laughs> all right. All right. So the elevator keeps spinning. We see uh, there's a guy standing there holding that cube ball. He's a complete ripoff of Penfe or Penfe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Oh, do you know what that guy's name is? No, what? Fornicus. That's his name? Ooh, that sounds yes, sexy. Yes, I remember looking this up because I was curious as to some of the monsters' names. And uh, his name is Fornicus, but they uh, they put... I'm sorry, I got to pull up my notes real quick. They put, a, like, Fornicus, Lord of Bondage and Pain. Ooh. That sounds like a good yeah. time. That doesn't sound like a bad thing. Similar to Hellraiser. That's the same thing. Like, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. yeah, Fornicus, Lord of Bondage and Pain. I thought that was just pretty amazing. Yeah. So it's definitely a complete Hellraiser ripoff, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Dana tells Marty they made them choose in the cellar. They made them choose how they were going to die. Dana pounds on the glass of the elevator and it spins again. We see they're in a large room full of monsters. Um, again, there's a, I don't, I think there's like 60 plus of these things, which yeah. again, they were all. Um, had something to do with something in that basement earlier that they could have chosen. So Yeah, we just zoom out and see all these elevators turning, and it's God. like, I thought like they were going to get stuck there. I was like, oh, shit. Honestly, in relevance or comparison to some of those other monsters, they really didn't <laughs> choose that bad. No. no. Like, no. could you imagine that fucking werewolf? Uh, 
Nope. Or there was like, I don't know, there was scorpions and like spiders. Oh my God, that giant bat we see later. Oh, Ugh. yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm very thankful they didn't choose the were, were man, or not were man, uh the merman or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gross. Oh, God. It's that so was gross. scary looking. All right, scene 12. Marty is immunized to all the shit. Back in the control room, Citizen and Hadley are on the phone, and Hadley tells them not to touch the girl. She cannot die before the boy. Lynn, the chemistry girl, tells them that Marty's weed has been immunizing him to all their shit. Citizen gives them a cell number and tells <laughs> Hadley to bring them down. So the elevator starts to lower, and when it opens, there's a guard standing there pointing a gun at him. Um, he screams for the girl to come out of the elevator. Suddenly that zombie arm from earlier that fell down in the elevator with him grabs the guard's foot. He starts shooting it. Marty and Dana run out of the elevator and close it with the guard inside. Marty and Dana run. Um, they run into like this big room with a bunch of elevators and someone comes over the speakers. Is this Sigourney Weaver? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Tells them that they shouldn't, this shouldn't have happened. They've seen horrible things. They are an army of nightmare creatures, but nothing as bad as what came before. They have to play the game with the ancient. They must be sacrificed. Forgive them and let this be over. Oh, boy. As she speaks, a bunch of guards approach shooting at them. Marty and Dana make it to a small control room where Dana opens all the fucking elevator doors, mm-hmm. releasing every one of those creatures that we saw earlier. Uh, one of the armed guards says, oh, shit, as the elevator door opens and all of the creatures are released, killing them like all at once. That was a cool scene because it like got all silent and then just ding and then the doors open. Actually, that big ass like cobra yeah. was pretty mm-hmm. terrifying. Yeah. I think that would probably be to hell with snakes. Ones. I hate snakes. So what? Yeah. What out? What did you guys catch out of that elevator scene? I caught a witch, the werewolf, and like a worm. I saw like a devil type. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, there was a clown. There, I mean, there was all kinds of shit going on. Okay, we'll yeah. go through the list later, but um, <laughs> yeah, the snake, I fucking forgot about that goddamn snake. Oh, it was huge. Uh, no, thank you. Fuck. Nope. I would have just died right there on the spot, you know. Yes. Vomit and died. Throw, throw up and died. <laughs> yes. Like I said, and really in comparison to what they could have gotten, they didn't do that bad. No, because zombies are like slow moving and, you know, yeah, not like this other shit. All right, so we see more guards approaching from the hallway, and um, the only when, once they get to that room, the only thing left is basically blood, guts, and red mist. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the zombies eating the guards. Um, the elevator dings again and continues to open, letting more and more of these nightmare creatures out. Um, over the cameras in the control room, you can see all the different nightmares happening. Suddenly, all the power goes down, and the control room loses their screens. Their backup lights do turn on, and something hits their fucking door and puts a big-ass dent in mm-hmm. it. So back in the elevator tunnel, a bat flies through the window. This is what Seth was talking yeah, about earlier. This thing. And yeah. It like falls down where Dana and Marty are hiding. They run out of the door. They get into a hallway. The bat flies right by them through the fucking wall and creates basically their exit strategy here mm-hmm. for them. Um, I'm not going to lie. This scene was pretty fucking funny to me. The unicorn death scene. Oh, we're stabbed up, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. There's a unicorn in here. So, so you see the guard running, and you're like, what the fuck's he running from? And then, like, <laughs> for me, it was just like a white horse. I'm like, oh, he's running from a horse. I'm like, that thing is a unicorn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it then, stabs him. Dude, so funny. 
Uh, so we cut to the elevator. He's just trying to get to Candy Mountain. I'm sorry. Is that what he's doing? <laughs> he, he did not make it. No, nope, didn't make it. <laughs> uh, so we cut back to the elevators and see girl Buckner. So the girl Buckner from earlier, she did make it back to the elevator somehow and is mm-hmm. now back in the hallway. The camera cuts to the security guard. Uh, Hadley and Citizen are fighting off zombies, and the security guard blows himself up to save the others, which sends Hadley flying across the room into a wall. But it looked like whatever had the security guard was like, where's on the start and like, rip them apart or like eat them or something the zombies it looked like something was going on yeah yeah, yeah. they were eating him so yeah. he like blew himself mm-hmm. up um which sent hadley flying into the wall he's like incoherent but as he's like laying there on the ground barely conscious he sees his merman mm-hmm. the merman crawls up to him and starts eating his face <laughs> i just love that he's like you gotta be kidding me yeah it's like what he wanted to see so badly did you notice that he blew blood out of his like yeah. Blowhole. <laughs> yeah, because remember, remember earlier Gary said, "Oh, you don't want to see the merman because it's real messy." Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck! Did yeah. he say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's he why. Did. Yeah. Dude, nobody wants a bloody blowhole. <laughs> no, God, no. So Ugh. this this is not like a mermaid or merman that you would think of. It's not Ariel from the Little Mermaid. No, this it, thing's like a big fat like. It's not a human top with a fin it's i don't know what that thing is <laughs> didn't no. didn't family guy cover this why would you want a human top with a, a like fish bottom wouldn't you want a fish top with a human bottom yeah i think they did like how are you supposed to mate with them <laughs> right yeah yeah i got that blowhole i mean <laughs> if you're as girthy you as Seth, coming out of it stick something in the bloody blowhole so just a citizen <laughs> in the ew <laughs> Just, <laughs> whatever you're into seth yeah you know i've never had a merman we, see, if I can, <laughs> see if i can find me one never had a merman have you guys ever seen that movie adam sandler movie uh is it uh something people sad people happy people funny people funny people funny people where yeah. he's fucking a girl and he played mer he's an actor and she's like do the merman do the uh, merman yes. he's like <laughs> 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 Dude, it's so funny. I mean, I that's fucking great. died. That's a terrible movie, by the way, but that's the best part. Anyway, <laughs> just as Citizen and the chemistry girl, Lynn, Seth calls her, get, uh, get the door open to an underground tunnel. An octopus tentacle reaches through the ceiling and pulls her up, killing her. Bitch. Oh. Poor Lynn. <laughs> Scene thir- what did she ever do? I know. She, she was concerned. She did make a bet, though, but then yeah. again, so did the other guy. All right, scene 13, kill him. As Citizen turns the corner in the tunnel, he runs directly into Dana, who stabs him in the chest. As he is dying, he says, it's you. So clearly they've never met or seen any of these people that they've had to do this to. So basically it's like watching a movie for him, I think. Yeah. Hmm. In his last breath, he tells Dana to kill Marty. Marty hands Dana the gun, stupid, and tells her that it's easier with this. They walk off down the tunnels and go down steps, which lead into a large room where the blood has been filling into those symbols. So we see all those humongous tall symbols, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, as they stand in the middle of the room, we can see they're like in the middle of a symbol. Is this the symbol on his necklace? Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Dana and Marty walk around looking at the five symbols. She says that they're all they're all of them. She should have seen it. It's all part of the ritual. She tells him that it's simple. They don't just want to they don't just want to see them killed. They want to see them punished. Just then, Sigourney Weaver, aka the director, walks out from behind a door or she came down a hallway or something. It's just like appears. Yeah. It's out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. She tells them it's a different culture. It's changed over the years. It's always it always requires the youth, but there must be five. The whore who's corrupted must die first. The athlete, the scholar, the fool, 
They all must suffer and die at the hands of whatever horror they have raised, leaving the last to live or die as fate decides. The Virgin. Dana looks confused at the director and says, me? I'm the Virgin? The director says, well, we work with what we have. That answers I, Chuck's question. I felt I, I felt kind of bad at this part. I mean, because they kind of self-imposed these labels on some of them. I mean, like, uh, who was supposed to be the whore? Well, you know, she really wasn't a whore. Jules was actually a very smart person. She was going to school to be, what, a nurse? She was in pre-med, yeah. was what they pre-med said. Pre-med or something yeah. like that. Very smart. Uh, I mean, not to, not to imply that smart people can't be whores and whores can't be smart people, but I really feel like this was just kind of something that they, they, they self-imposed these stereotypes on these people. And, I mean, she could have very easily been the scholar. Why couldn't she have been the scholar? Why yeah. couldn't uh, Jesse Williams' character, uh, Holden, been the whore, you know? That's or true. even um, Dana. Dana could have been the whore because she was sleeping oh, with the professor, yeah. right? Uh, she was the whore. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. <laughs> but that's true. Why is the chick always the whore? Yeah. Why yeah, could have been I mean, a man whore? Men are just as bad, if not worse. Sorry. Jeez. Why did you point at me when you said man whore? <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I didn't even realize I did that. What a dick. He calls him like he sees him. Yeah. Well, I guess I know who I would be in the fucking movie. Thanks, Seth. Yep, the man whore. You'd be Jules doing the stripper dance in front of the fireplace. I wouldn't look that good in those shorts. I'll tell you that right now. Would you, you make out with the wolf, though? Uh, yeah, he would. He probably would. He likes them wolf pussies. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Here we go. Marty, <laughs> Marty asks, what happens if they don't pull it off? She tells him that the ancient gods will rise. Uh, that used to rule the earth. As long as they make the sacrifice, they remain below. All the other rituals have failed except for the U.S. Marty tells her that maybe that's way, the way it should be. It's time for a change, which kind of goes back to what he was saying in the RV on the way to the cabin. Yep. The director tells her not to change the deaths of every human soul on the planet. You can die with them or you can uh, die for them. Behind Marty, we see Dana rise. Uh, the She raises the gun up and points it at Marty. Marty turns around to see her. She says, the whole world, Marty. The whole world I'm saving. The director tells her there's no other way. She has to be strong. She tells Marty she's sorry, and she's so sorry. I am sorry. I'm very sorry, Marty. I don't think she's sorry. <laughs> Just then, the werewolf comes up, runs. Uh, does it run up? It kind of walks up. It comes up slowly because Marty sees it. Yeah. It doesn't say anything. So it attacks Dana on the ground. Marty grabs the gun and shoots the werewolf in the back to get it off of Dana. Even though she was going to kill him, he still saves her. The director attacks Marty, punching him in the face. Dana, laying on the ground, sees the girl Buckner walk down the steps and toward Marty and the director. I think she screams Marty, doesn't she? Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. one-armed Buckner girl stabs the director in the head with an axe, killing her as Marty kicks her off the ledge and into the pit. Then he kicks her oh, and the shit. zombie chick over the edge. Mm -hmm. Get. Gone get. Two and one. Get yeah. out of my house. Get out of my <laughs> fucking house. <laughs> scene 14, the final scene. Marty walks up to Dana, who is laying on the steps covered in blood from being attacked by the werewolf. He sits down next to her, and she says, I don't think Kurt even has a cousin. I thought that was kind of funny. That was funny. Mm -hmm. She tells mm -hmm. him that she's sorry. She's almost shot him. She probably would have, honestly. He says, yeah, he totally gets it. He lights up a joint and says that he's sorry he let her get attacked by a werewolf. Then, end of the world. She says she has. <laughs> she says he was right. I don't understand what the fuck I wrote here. She says he was right. <laughs> Humanity. It's time to give someone else a chance as she blows smoke out. So she's smoking with Marty at this point. The room starts to shake as the ceiling cracks. 
Uh, giant evil gods. I wish I could have seen them. Marty says this. That would have been a fun weekend. The camera zooms out as the ceiling continues to fall on and around them. As the camera zooms out further, we see the cabin split in half. A huge arm comes out of the ground and smashes the camera as the screen goes black and the credits roll. The end. Damn. Took my motherfucking line, dude. Yep. <laughs> the end. Woo. What a movie. What a movie, Chuck. How you feeling about your movie right now? I'm feeling good, man. I love this movie. And just the fact that you read it and described every scene the way you did and we got to talk about it makes me appreciate the movie even more. But did it make you a little horny? <laughs> we always have right. to ask well, that. I mean, Does that, it turn that, you on sexually? That, that's that's a difficult question because, I mean, I kind of live in a state of being turned on. No, um, oh, wow. it made me very <laughs> turned on. So that's Ooh. a yes. You've been hanging out with them podcasts on Elm Street, boys. Oh, you gotta love Mark and Brooke. Sorry. Um, who? <laughs> Canadian Jesus. And... His name is the Canadian Jesus. <laughs> Even though he cut his damn hair. Seth's really upset. He was looking forward to tugging on that hair, Brooke. Yeah. I, was, I was very sad when I saw that picture. I'm like, oh, that, all that beautiful hair, gone. Yeah. Oh, shit. All right, hey, let's jump into our ratings here. So for all of you newbies out there, we rate these movies on a zero to five scale. I say zero to five because I'm going to continue to rub this in Chet's face. The platform got a zero because it's a shit movie, Chet. You should have never picked it, Cat B. I'm still upset. <laughs> okay. I'm actually disappointed because I kind of want to still see the platform. You should watch it and make your own determination. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you should watch it just to see what you think of it. Okay. Um, okay, so thus far, I'm not going to compare it to the HMC episodes. We're going to go with all of our Kruby's requests. So leading the way for Kruby's requests, we got The Birds, which has an average Stabby's rating of 4.3. Terrifier, that was a podcast on Elm Street's episode. It's got a 4.17 average Stabby's rating, followed by Brightburn with a 3.52. The platform is leading up the rear leading up the rear coming up the rear with a 0.93 Ooh. and then you got shitty ass fucking hellraiser which was also a terrible movie caitlin with a one average stabby's rating from the horror movie crew we love you caitlin <sighs> we do we love do. you <laughs> kisses <laughs> all right in typical horror movie fashion horror movie crew fashion uh seth what do you give this movie i'm gonna give it a 3.5 to me, that doesn't say that you didn't like this movie because you walked in here and the first thing you said to me was like, well, didn't like this movie. I didn't say didn't like. <laughs> I said I wasn't a huge fan of it. However, it was just not scary to me, I guess. Okay. It was more funny. But I slotted it right below. I know you like when I say slot. Ooh, sleepaway camp. So, Okay. <laughs> All right. That's fair. That's fair. But I enjoyed it. All right. Okay. Calm down. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> so aggressive. Chuck, uh, we're going to go to you. We're going to go to you. And you know what? I might. Am I going to add your score into the average stabbies? I don't know yet. We'll see. Oh, Jeffrey's score? Jeffrey. <laughs> what we probably do you, should. What do you give this movie, Jeff? Uh, I don't know. Let me think about it for a moment. I'm going to give it a 4.5. Oh, shit. 4.5. Uh, I, I love this movie. There are some issues with it that I've kind of brought up since uh, we started the discussion and some things I haven't brought up yet. Uh, and I absolutely hate the ending. Okay. Like the, the whole hand coming up and, you know, destruction of the world thing. I don't know. I mean, you, you knew it was coming because they didn't complete the ritual. I don't. It still bothered me. But as far as everything else, I still thought it was funny. 
it had its moments of scare it had its moments of gore everything like that still a well-rounded movie and i enjoyed the story very very much i can't disagree with that 4.5 for chuck jeffrey jessica (laughs) (laughs) jessica jess what do you rate Kruby's request number nine, Chuck's pick, with him on here looking right at you as you say your score. What do you rate this Can movie? Can I zoom in on this? Maybe. <laughs> We're zooming on you. <laughs> I gave it a 3.8. Ooh. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> These are not bad scores. I mean, yeah, it was higher than Seth's. So. Mm. That's true. Really? We're just going to see what Josh picks. Why? Why? <laughs> Who the hell knows? So Josh can either be like my good friend here or he can be my ultimate enemy. What's it, where yes. is he going? Here's the thing you can uh, count on from me, sir. That you're not going to hear the rating for five minutes. <laughs> Holy shit. Are you done? Yeah. Is it my turn to go or are you still going? No, go ahead. Go, okay. go, go ahead. Are you sure? Yeah. Let's start okay. the, the ramble. The ramble. Fuck you, dude. Do I like this movie more than the birds? With a 4.1. Mm, probably. Terrifier. I don't think I like this movie more than Terrifier, Chuck. So I am actually going to give this movie a 4.2. I'll take it. Stabby's rating from me. I actually enjoy this movie very much. It's one of my favorite horror movies. Sort of. I like it. I like sort it. Of. Um, real quick, can you read back that list of Kruby uh, requests? No, I can't. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Strip tease. All right, you got you got okay. The birds with a four point three. Yeah. Terrifier four point one seven. Uh huh. Brightburn three point five two. Okay, that all right. Stop there. Brightburn really? Brightburn's a great movie. Uh, that's what I say. What, three point something. Who didn't that like should, that one? Uh, that should be a four. You you gave it the lowest <laughs> rating. I gave it a four. Josh gave it a two point seven five. I gave it a 3.8 and Jess gave it a 4. You're the one that rated it shitty. I didn't rate it shitty. It's a good movie. I gave it a 55%. (laughs) I I couldn't remember the name of the movie. I was just like, as soon as you read it off in the score, and I'm like, wait, what? And then you kept going, and I didn't have a chance to interrupt you. It's not one I would watch regularly. I'm sorry. I would have picked that one for one of our regular episodes. Really? What? Mm -hmm. Brightburn? Yeah. Brightburn? Such an amazing movie. I love the take on the whole evil superhero thing. Yeah. It was good. You know what the problem is? Who? What superhero do I fucking hate the most? Oh, Superman? I fucking you hate, hate Superman? Superman? I don't think I knew that. Oh, I hate yeah, Superman. Yeah, he doesn't like Superman. He's just... Who's he's your favorite? Batman. Captain Caveman. All right, Josh. We can be friends. Batman's <laughs> awesome. Okay. Who is Captain Caveman? You never heard of Captain Caveman? <laughs> no. Oh, it's an old Hanna-Barbera. How old are you, dude? Uh, no, Josh, I know exactly what you're saying. Oh, I'm, uh, sorry, Seth. I know exactly what you're saying. Do you know who Captain, Captain Caveman. Caveman is? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why not you guys start your own fucking podcast? And get Unless you're about a fucktard, Cap- you shouldn't know who Captain <laughs> Caveman is. God. Okay, 145. Edit out fucktard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, that's the ratings. Let's jump over to... All right, Rotten Tomatoes critics, which again, I'm going to say this for everybody. If you go to Rotten Tomatoes to find out if you're going to like a movie or not, you're an idiot. You should come to us first. Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it a 92% out of 286 counts. The Rotten Tomatoes audience, that's folks like you and I, gave it a 74% out of 207. 
IMDb gave it a 7 out of 10. And the horror movie crew, Chuck, I'm sorry. I love you, but I didn't add yours in because you're just not a horror movie crew member. I'm sorry. It's okay. We gave it a 3.83 average stabbies rating, which is roughly a 76%. So that actually puts you pretty high up there right now. Puts you're, it in third. Woo! You're in third, man. You knocked Brightburn out. Uh, yeah, uh, this movie's better than Brightburn, but I still love Brightburn. See? There you go. So this movie, budget $30 million. It made $66.5 million at the box office. All right, let's jump into getting lit and talking shit. Jessica had to leave. She's got prior appointments. But honestly, Chuck, you should feel honored because Jess generally does not do Kruby's request. But since you were going to be on here, she wanted to come hang out with us. So That's true. Wow, I actually feel the love on that one. Yeah, You should. She doesn't want to hang out awesome. with, with us, but I guess you bring other people on. She's and- like, oh, Jeffrey's going to be on? <laughs> I'll be there. I've got that effect on people. That's exactly what you she know? said. I try not to like let it go to my head or anything, but yeah. I'm pretty awesome. So, normal HMC fashion, I have some thoughts after watching. Let's jump right into those. So, why do you, Chuck, think the company chose these specific people um, knowing that basically they had access to their medical records, they had access to um, their whereabouts, and they knew their personalities? Because like you kind of hit on earlier, which is why I'm going to you first, is that they basically had to change these per- people's personalities to fit these specific um, tropes. It's easier when you have something like a college student or if you have a member of the military or something like that. There are active records on people in these different... Uh, I hate to say positions, but they, that's basically what it is. I mean, you're looking at these college kids. Uh, colleges keep active records on all of their students about uh, certain things. And, you know, anytime they go see medical on campus, um, there's a record left there. Uh, what they eat, what they do, you know, they're there on academic scholarships, stuff like that. So it's just very easy to gather all this information. So it's... Um, College students, I would have to say, are your prime example of people that can be easily manipulated, easily um, studied, and then easily turned to do your will. So in something like this, you've got the perfect setting. You've got a cabin in the middle of the woods, very secluded, a bunch of horny college students. Uh, You've got uh, a good mix of race and gender going on there. So I I just – I call this – to call it a another movie, the perfect storm, uh, but you can easily replace this with something as uh, the military or anything like that because you're going to have the same exact thing happening there. I can I could actually picture, you know, this kind of shit happening to uh, my friends and uh, family that I made when I was in the military. I mean, you've got your scholars, you've got your whores, you've got your um, <laughs> your drinkers, not your stoners. Uh, unfor- I mean, military frowns upon that. But I mean, you you can kind of uh, play loosey-goosey with that. So these are that's why it's easy to pick that kind of uh, demographic. Right. That makes sense. Well, you dove way into that. Sorry. Yeah, no. Like I said, I, I go on a tangent. I go. No, no that's good. deep into that shit. I didn't even put two and two together. They could have gotten all these kids' medical records because they're in college and you can get all that information right there. So that actually makes a lot of sense. Well, shit, all and of our medical records are online. Friends. Yeah. 
They're uh, so you you've already found that group of people who already know each other. Like you said, like we talked about earlier, Jesse Williams is the outsider. Holden is the outsider of that group, but he's still connected to at least one person in that group. Mm-hmm. So it's very easily to play, get him into the playing field. But everybody else knows each other. They all have a history together. They all trust each other, and those are bound. Those are a, that's a recipe without boundaries, right? And. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna trust. They're gonna talk. They're gonna do things that they normally wouldn't do with somebody. If you got five strangers in a room, you're not gonna get the same results. Right. Right. Well, and they they kind of took even they had the people right, and they were able to mm-hmm. change their personalities, the way they acted, to fit these molds. And and what I got, I don't know, Seth, if you agree with this or not. But from what I got from a Sigourney Weaver, basically said is we we basically needed five people. Like, we can make or mold it to however we need it. Right. Yeah, I didn't see that they were specifically after, like, a certain... Especially after... It's like who they could get, basically. Right. They needed five people. And especially after the whole um, Dana thing where she's like, I'm the virgin? Like, that doesn't make any sense. That's such a government answer. I mean, like, basically, you know, we can change the rules to fit (laughs) what we need to happen. We just need five people to sacrifice. But that's definitely like a a nod to like how culture is now or like it's hard to find a virgin. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because that's mm-hmm. what I saw it as because, yeah, most people aren't, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Truth. Truth. Okay. Once you're of a certain age, I mean. There are some people who just wait, man. Well, they're weird. You got to you gotta te- <laughs> you don't go buy a car before you test drive it. Right. Exactly. Nope. Not true. Me. All right, Seth. Would you work for this company? Mm. If the money was right, I okay. suppose. So yeah. the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. Chuck, would you work for this company? Yes. Uh, I, I might not morally agree with what they're doing, but... You're saving the world, the man. End, yeah, in the end, you're saving the world, and if I can buy my dream yacht, then okay. Yeah, sure. If the money's there. Perfect. Chuck, if you work for this company, which you just said you would, which demon or nightmare would you bet on? And I'm sorry, I fucked up. I didn't send you the whole list. So here, I'm going to read them off to you. Ready? Go ahead. There's quite a bit, so get ready. All right. Alien Beast, Angry Molesting Tree, Oh. The Bride, Clowns, Deadites. These are ripoff of Evil, uh, evil Dead. Of evil no, Dead. no, 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 Hellraiser. Right? You wrote Evil no, Dead. Deadites were uh, Evil Dead. No, no, they? no. You're right. They are Evil Dead. My apologies. You got Demons, Dismemberment Goblins, The Doctors, Dolls, Dragon Bat, Giant, A Giant Snake, A Hell Lord, The Huron, Jack o' Lantern, Kevin. I uh, and I read online. That, no, I, I read online that Kevin is actually. Do you remember Sin City and Elijah yes. Wood's character? Yeah, it's uh, Elijah Wood's character on Sin City. Yep. Kevin, I is remember re- reading that too. Okay, Kevin's rip off of that. So, Merman, a mummy, mutants, reanimated, reptilius, Sasquatch, the Scarecrow folk, the sexy witch, a snowman, a sugar plum fairy. Twins, unicorn, vampires, <laughs> werewolf, witches, wraiths, zombie redneck torture family, or just 
zombies. Whoa. Okay. Uh, so the question was, which one would I bet on? Yeah. So you already admitted you'd work for this company, which shame yes. on you. You notice I didn't ask myself <laughs> that question. And second, if you were there, you worked there, which would you bet on? Because you're going to bet. I mean, if you're going to be there, you might as well play the game. Um, that's a, that's a very difficult one. Uh, many of those things would scare the living shit out of me and I'd, but I would also love to see them scare the living shit out of other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number one phobia is clowns. So I would probably bet on the clown. So you're taking the clown. I'm taking the clown. That's fair. That is fair. Seth, which one would you bet on? First of all, I would not bet. You'd work for the company, but not bet. You're shitting me. Yeah, that seems fucked up. Like, I mean, you're doing God, it. It's you're bad such a as, security guard. And it's bad enough, but, okay, if I had to bet. Okay, first off, motherfucker, you said you would work <laughs> there because, oh, the money's right. So you're telling me you already work there. Saving the world doesn't mean I want to bet on this shit. Ten years into this, you're, like, desensitized to all this, and you're like, I'm doing great things. I'm out saving the world. You're not going to throw. That's such a great way to blow up steam. What if you could, blow, what if you could get, like, I don't know. This is basically a bonus if you win this tax free. They're like, oh hey, you can win two hundred grand. Mm, You're not gonna bet. I don't think so. Bullshit. I don't think so. All I'm right. not as greedy as you. But if I had to bet, oh here we go. It'd be the angry molesting tree because that just sounds fun. <laughs> have you Very seen the remake of, you. of uh, <laughs> Evil? Have you seen the remake of Evil Dead? Uh uh-uh. uh In what you did an episode with uh, Mark and Brooke, didn't you? Or yes, no, I did. Yes. And what that year did that come out? Tree. Oh my god. Oh God! Is it actually a tree? Is it a tree molesting it's the wor- people? Dude, it's the okay. It's one girl. It's the worst fucking scene in the whole movie. We, I, I can't say for certain if it was a tree, but it definitely looked like a tree root, and it made its way up her hoo ha. Oh, fun, dude! It's off. You never see that movie? Organic? No. We uh-uh. should do that movie. Maybe we'll do it in January. Oh, such a great movie! I love that movie. Oh, it's awful. That scene tree. is this like. That scene, that scene, leave, I mean, but I mean, there are so many great movies out there, not to get on a tangent here, but so many great movies out there where scenes just kind of leave you, why am I liking this movie? Like the remake or even the original Last House on the Left. I mean, there mm. are certain scenes in there where you're just like, why the fuck am I watching this? But then yeah. it's such a great movie. That movie, um, the remake, I watched the remake of Last House on the Left before I watched the um, original, original. Uh, in my opinion, the remake is again. I'm supposed to go on Porcelain Peak, and we're going to do a remake episode because I am one of the few, uh, one of the few that has the unpopular opinion that a lot of these remakes are actually better than the originals. But nonetheless, um, I agree with you. That episode, that movie of Last House on the Left. There's a few scenes where you're like, "Why am I watching this?" Oh, it's so uncomfortable to watch, especially that rape scene, and you're just like. I, I, why am I watching this? But you can't turn away, and then right. you just you want to see how it's all going to play out. Like how how are the parents going to get the revenge? How are they going to yeah. do this? And well, like have you ever seen Clockwork Orange? Yes. Like that's a when you're watching that, you're like, uh, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen that, Josh? I, I've honestly never seen it. We might have to do that one. I think we should. You I know Jess to. is a big Clockwork Orange fan. <laughs> My God, it's a weird fucking movie. at least once in your life. It's right. weird. It's a weird movie. Which one would I bet on? Angry molesting train. <laughs> I don't think so. And here's why. That's a very uh you get one tree. 
I feel like they could take out the one tree. Not that difficult. Chuck, I saw the clown. It's not it. Now, if it was like, this is it, chapter one remake clown, I'd be like, okay, because that is an, on another level. That clown in the movie, I'm like, eh, it's okay. It was more of a circus clown. It wasn't that scary. Not I'm me. sorry. Any clowns are scary to me. I mean, mm. it's like, it could be the friendliest clown in the world, okay. and I'm going to be scared of it, and I think it's going to kill me. So I'm not scared of clowns. I just hate clowns because I don't think they're funny. Like and I don't know why weird. people think they're funny. And they're weird. They're like more annoying than anything. I, I think my phobia actually extends to anybody who dresses up to <laughs> pretend to play with kids. That kind of creeps me out. I'm sorry. 100%. Yeah. Especially now, having kids. It's like. Yes. Now, Art the Clown. Oh, Art's a fucked up clown. That is fucking scary. I can't stand that movie. It's a good movie. I would still take Pennywise over Art. Just because Pennywise, this the new Pennywise is absolutely fucking terrifying. But True. anyway, back to this question. <laughs> um... <laughs> Just me having seen the werewolf, I don't know how you don't pick the werewolf. Maybe. But I also think it needs to be said that when you're making these bets, you may want to play your audience because you got to look at the people that you have going into the house because they didn't... The bet wasn't for who is the deadliest or who would kill everybody with ease. It was who are these people going to pick. So you have to kind of play the people going to the house and kind of figure out who they're going to pick. Cause that's how you get your money for the record. Just so you guys know. Okay. I mean, that's a, that's a very fair point to make, but I would also like to counter that point with, <laughs> even though they say they don't control yes. what these people do when they're down in the cellar, they, they nudge them towards certain things. I mean, there's a reason that, uh, Chris Hemsworth picked up the conch shell. There's a reason that the book in Latin was picked up or the music box with the ballerina and stuff like that. So they, they know these strings are being played to. So that's why, you know, what uh, that one controlman, uh, Greg, Steve, whatever his name is, uh, <laughs> wanted to pick the merman because he knew at least one of them would see that shell and be mesmerized by it and stuff like that. So I feel like there is still some sort of level of control. So I agree with you. You want to bet based on your audience, but they are controlling where like at least the top five that could be picked i agree you you know the people's personalities that are going down into the cellar and once they got them in there they kind of left them alone although i mm -hmm. will say they did do the whisper thing where they yeah. were like read it read it yeah <laughs> so that what was marty looking at because he was like by the film reels yeah he, so yeah, what monster was that supposed yeah, to what be? Would that be i don't know because he was just like looking at the film mm -hmm. So I wonder which one that was. It was a uh, boogie from Sinister. Oh, boogie. Yep. I didn't oh see my boogie. God. I didn't see boogie in the end. Boogie, woogie, woogie, woo. All right, Seth. Yes. We can't have a sequel to this movie because the whole fucking world dies. Okay. Would you like to see a prequel to this movie where maybe you know what we get? Uh, Sit Sitterson, whatever. Hadley, Greg, and Steve. We get them back. We see ones they've Gary. We've done. <laughs> Maybe we see something preview because we can't go forward. We can always go backward. I think you could do a prequel to this. With all these monsters? I agree yeah. with you. Chuck, what do you think? Would you want to see a prequel to this? I'm going to counter your uh, question here. And I'm going to say I want a side-by-side -side, uh, sequel, but in an alternate reality. Mm. I really feel like there are so many different things that could have played out here. So I'd like to see the same characters come back but a With, completely different story chosen. And different monsters. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. 
I didn't even think about that. That's the thing with this movie is there's like so many other avenues they could take because I saw online where people on Reddit were complaining, like, stop asking for a sequel. The end of the movie clearly shows that the whole world, all in 2009, it was uh, 6.8 billion people. So 6.8 billion people got killed at the end of this movie. You can't make a sequel. But I feel like you could do a prequel, and I didn't even think about that, but like Chuck just said, you could do, um, maybe you even do a movie where it shows one of the other places and probably not Japan because we've seen what happens, but maybe somewhere else where they do what happened. And then we find mm-hmm. out at the end of the movie, oh, it was the same year, the same timeline, but this is why it failed. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different avenues you can explore here. I mean, you could actually create an entire mm-hmm. franchise out of all the what ifs. Or somehow there's someone above the director, Sigourn, who says, oh, let's rewind and try a different monster and see if <laughs> that, that fixes it. That too. I mean, yeah. you're going to have a hard time getting Chris Hemsworth back, but like, the rest... Let's pick somebody else. The rest of these actors, I don't think... I bet you they're not going to... They're, they're definitely going to come back for the money. Chris Hemsworth, probably not, but the other ones... He wasn't remember memorable in this anyway. That's true. Yeah, I mean, you could probably in the sequel or prequel or whatever you want to call it, the side-by-side, cut him out and nobody would actually miss him. Yeah. Or, I'm just saying, no offense to his brother, but you just get his brother to play him because you know his brother's not doing anything since Miley dumped his Which ass. one? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, never mind. Liam. Liam, yeah. What's he doing? Hunger Games is over. He's not doing anything. Whoa. What was yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> Ding. You could throw Freddie Prince in there. He's not doing anything either. He's doing Sarah Michelle Gellar. You seen her lately? Mm-mm. Holy cow. Lucky bastard. Smoke show, dude. Anyway. All right. Let's jump into HMC. <laughs> Plus Chuck favorites. Um, okay, Chuck. What's your favorite yes. scene from the movie? My favorite scene from the movie. Um, I'm gonna go broad here. Any any scene that's in the control room, but more specifically, I love that betting scene where they have everybody gathered there. They're all betting on which monster. Uh, again, you don't know exactly what's happening at this particular point, and it becomes clear later. But uh, I I love that whole betting thing because I really feel like that shows humanity it, we we try our hardest to kind of back burner all the bad shit that's happening in life you know why they're really gathered there and they're they're just trying to make the best of it but it's such a humorous scene it's such a deep scene i feel like it covers all the bases hmm. that's a good take not the take i would take but i actually like that you may have altered my pick we'll Ooh. see Seth, what was your favorite scene from the movie? Probably the scene where all the monsters are coming out of the elevator. Like that whole... I mean, it's kind of long, but we get to see like all the different ones. That's probably my favorite scene. Yeah, that's a very good scene. <laughs> that's a great scene. I mean, you you get to see everything come to life. All, all, yeah. all these, all those uh, monsters that you may have not had a chance to see when you uh, got a quick view of that whiteboard are just coming at you, and you're just like, oh shit, yeah, this just, is a fucked up world. And I just love how the elevators kept <laughs> ding, and like new shit would come out. Like, right. <laughs> I think for me, um, I know I was ju- uh, earlier. I said that it was the wolf dance scene with Jules because I mean, it's, let's be honest, it's a good scene to watch, but. Um, my favorite scene from the movie is probably when they're going down in the elevator and the cube is turning and you get to see the other things that they could have picked. 
but it also correlates back to you're starting to see all these monsters and then for me at least my brain started turning and when you saw the little girl dancing the ballerina you 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 correlated that back to oh that was the music box Mm -hmm. that kurt had and i started thinking like oh shit every one of those items in that cellar was one of these monsters and then it pans out at the end and you see all of them and it's like wow like this that's for me that's when i was like wow this movie could be so much more than just a one standoff movie so that was my favorite scene it's a good one chuck what was your favorite kill from the movie as stupid and cheesy as it was, I love it when Kurt dies on that stupid dirt bike yeah, that's trying my, to jump the ravine. That's my favorite one, too. That was your favorite? Because of him bouncing on it all the way yeah. down. Because <laughs> it was, like, comical. And I didn't like him. You really did not like no. him, did you? Die, Kurt. Die. Dumbass. Oh, my God. <laughs> um... I don't know if I had a favorite kill. Like, there was not, like, a standout kill. The Kurt one was original. Um, I mean, my favorite weapon was that bear trap thing. Yeah. Mine, too. So, That's I cool. probably, I'm gonna, probably going to have to go with Jules just because, like, it was just so, like, the entire time I was watching it, I was, like, cringing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is so awful. Like, I couldn't imagine having this happen. This bear trap just stuck on your back and then being pulled by that chain. So, I'm probably going to go with Jules. That's All right. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Seth, what was your favorite part of the movie? Your favorite part of this movie? Mm. Probably like the comic relief part of it. Mm-hmm. I was I, I haven't seen this in a long time, and I forgot. I didn't realize how funny it was. Like I just forgot it was that funny. Chuck? I want to say the cleverness of the movie. I mean, just as you're going through the whole story about... It just... The way it's so self-aware, it's such a, I guess, a, I'm not going to say refreshing, but just such a fun way to watch a film. I agree. I think mine is going to play on both of your guys'. I like how the movie knows exactly what it is, and obviously it was written as such. Um, they wrote it that way. It's not like it was just bad writing or... Um, the way it was directed like they purposely wrote this movie this way and directed it in a way that's very meta it's very um i'm not going to give it as much credit as like again sorry seth but when scream came out it kind of changed how the genre of (laughs) (laughs) of horror movies went but scream knew what it was right it was a meta horror movie i think this did the same thing but a lot different than what Scream did. So I actually enjoy the fact that it knew it was a horror movie and it played into all of those horror movie tropes. That's probably my favorite part of the movie. Yes. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. All right, sorry. <laughs> all right, Chuck, what's one thing you did not like about the movie? If you could go back in time and change one thing about this movie, what would it be? It's just simple things. Uh, I talked about it earlier. The bird uh, like hitting that force field wall or something like that. I get the point of it, but I really feel like that was kind of sloppy storytelling because at any time in a reality, somebody could have seen that and given away the whole plot. But I think the thing that really bothered me the most about this movie was the ending. Um, I don't know. Again, part of the funniness of the movie or kind of just like what you expected, but that hand coming up and then just slamming down and then blackout. I don't know. It just never sat well with me. 
That's fair. Seth? Uh, I agree with some of uh, Jeffrey's points. <laughs> um, but probably like for me there was a couple jump scares but for the most part it wasn't that scary it was more of a comedy ish for me I don't okay. know so that's probably what I I would like some more scary stuff some more scares yeah there was um, like too much enough. comic relief there was too funny for you but I also liked it at the same time so I'm torn um, the thing I dislike the most about the movie would probably be, I wish we got a little more explanation as to why or how the people were selected. Um, hmm. I know we kind of have already kicked this horse is dead, but nonetheless, I think that for me, I wish we would have gotten kind of a background. And again, this movie was a hundred and... 30 hour and 30 minutes 90 95 yeah, it was like minutes, 135 or something which like that. is right in my time slot yeah. that's what i like so any more backstory would have been too much um but then again the whole movie basically when you go through from the start to when you think it's over because um danny got killed there's still a whole other act to the movie so i think you could have shortened some of that and and, and kind of gave more back so I, I guess i just don't understand why they pick these people and that bothers me so that's that's what i would like but i also don't like the ending either because i think they really shot themselves in the foot you could have had a lot more uh sequels after this had you not ended it the way you did so that's it for me that's that's what i think i don't know right wrong or indifferent the great thing is this is our podcast so it doesn't really matter what the fuck right. other people think <sighs> well that being said that's all I got. Chuck, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, man, this has been a blast. I've enjoyed this. I'm glad you had fun. I'm glad Jess was able to come and hang out with us on a Saturday. She's very busy. Not that we're not busy. I don't want people to think that like you and I just don't do anything. Right. We're not. We're busy. We're, we're fucking busy. Yeah. Fucking Jess. We're going to have a chat with her. Yeah. This is bullshit. Offline. <laughs> well, Chuck, why why don't you go ahead and plug your podcast one more time? Maybe we have some listeners that you you don't, and you may want to get them over to your shows. Just tell them to stop listening to us. Why should they come listen to you? Oh uh, well, guys, again, it's just I love movies. I have loved movies for as long as I can remember. My mom still tells people stories about how I used to just walk around the yard pretending to act out movies and be an actor and stuff like that. That's actually always been my dream job is to be an actor. So, but here I am talking about movies. So you were doing this in the yard like a few weeks ago or yes, of course, holding a <laughs> stick, you know, <laughs> pretending it's a lightsaber and I'm by battling some Sith or whatnot. But, um, uh, but, uh, again, we just, we, me and my guests, we come we come together, we talk about movies that have impacted our lives in some way, shape, or form, or even influenced our love of other movies. So we're just all over the board. We pick no particular genre. We pick no particular uh, type of movie. It's just whatever we want to talk about. And if you've ever listened to my show, for those of you who listen to the show and have listened to my show, you know we go on little tangents. So we may say we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but we could very easily start talking about Star Wars, Marvel <laughs> movies, anything like that. Uh, it just it happens. But that's how I, I feel like that's the miracle of movies. They can inspire us. They can um, they can trigger feelings or ideas in us that cause us to start thinking or acting in certain ways or um, make us feel 
And that, I feel like that's art in any um, aspect. If you're looking at a painting or you're listening to a song or you're watching a movie or a TV show, how does it make you feel? That's the kind of stuff we like to talk about. Man. So Chuck goes oh. to the movies. I'm found uh, on every major uh, podcast platform. And then you can find me on social media on Instagram and Facebook. And MySpace. Well... <laughs> I am from the MySpace era. But... I am too. <laughs> God, I wish I could remember my MySpace login. I know mine. It's embarrassing. <laughs> well, again, you did way better than I'm going to do plugging ours. But hey, I appreciate you coming on. Seth may or may not appreciate you coming. No, on. I, had I, a good, I had a good old time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have you on again. Uh, maybe we'll oh, see. I would love to we'll be back see. on again, and just like uh, I, I said know. earlier, I would love to have the three of y'all come on and talk about any movie that y'all want to. We'll have to do that. We'll have to think of one. Yeah, but maybe we'll just let Jess pick. She's smarter than both of us. So. Mm, true. Well, <laughs> again, thank you for coming on. Your movie is ranked third on our Kruby's request. We've done nine of them total. Woo! You're just below Terrifier. So unfortunately, it pains me to say this, even though I have their shirt on right now. Excuse me. A podcast on Elm Street did did uh, still remain in second place with Terrifier, but you are just below them. But uh, again, one of my favorite movies, so thank you for suggesting it. We really do appreciate it. Not a problem. I got one last bit of trivia for you before we close this. Ooh. Thing. What do you got? Yeah, speaking of a podcast on Elm Street, I'm thinking more of a nightmare on Elm Street. I had read that Heather Langenkamp, or I uh, screwed up her last name, I'm oh, sure. Shit. Heather L., the original star of Nightmare on Elm Street, actually served as one of the members of the makeup crew on this movie with her husband, who is a special effects artist. That's random. Interesting. Yeah, when I was doing my research on this film, I came across that little bit of trivia. Hmm. You should have asked us earlier. We could have tricked Jessica into doing a shot. If she got it wrong. Oh, yeah. She did say she did say she would do a shot. Damn it. Oh, man. Miss shot time. Miss shot time. Hmm. Well, hey, Seth, real quick before we get out of here, we got some, uh, I call it housekeeping. I know you love it when I say that. Oh, God. So we're back into the full (laughs) Kruby's request. We took a break in October. This is now November. Fuck, we're almost done with November, actually. It's fine. The next Kruby's request, we spun the wheel. We threw the dagger, and it, it... Stuck in Sleepaway Camp 2. That is our good friend at Malmacabra. I'm actually really excited to watch that. We're going to be watching Sleepaway Camp 2. I don't know if we're... I doubt we have Mal on. Maybe we'll have Mal on. I don't know. Um, But in December, we're doing what we call the horror movie crew, Happy Horror Days. We're going to be picking holiday-themed movies. We know that our first one is going to be Ginger Dead Man. God, I'm not (laughs) looking forward to watching this thing. (laughs) That's Jessica's pick. Uh, We're definitely watching Black Christmas uh, from the (sighs) 70s. That's a group pick. We all picked that. We have not released mine or your, Seth. Not yet. Not your picks yet. But we will have uh, two chicks and horror flick they'll be on in december maybe with you and me maybe jess we don't know yet but we will be talking about uh stephen king's the mist Ooh, Ooh. um we'll be doing that in december so uh that's all i got chuck you got anything else you want to say or talk about cabin in the woods before we get out of here now guys if you haven't seen it go watch it and if you have seen it go watch it again I did. Seth, anything else you want to say? Nope, I'm good. In that case, we're out of here. Bye. Bye, all.
Ooh, was that a kiss? Ooh, that, that was. was. Sexy, dude. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> made, my, made my wiener feel weird. <laughs> I have that effect on people. I'm sorry. No, I don't apologize.